So, on that, I turn it over to Don. Hello, everybody. Don, why, why are we yeah. doing this? Initially, we were planning to do another interview. Uh, that was sort of my backup plan. Not only is it not here yet, by the way. I don't know why that is. Um, well, Don, I want you to keep but, one thing in mind while you do this segment. Mm-hmm. Escape for us. If you could ask the creator of the game you're talking about one question, what would that question be? The question would be why? For all of them? Yeah. Yeah. For for my for my uh, for the, my official name of this segment because yours was not really that inspired. <laughs> I will call officially this segment now "Descent to Madness: Worst of Five Years Nintendo eShop." I'm gonna go ahead and ask that why as I go ahead and fade out. <laughs> <laughs> See you, James. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this segment of the worst games available on the Nintendo eShop. Yes, I am Dan Koopman. Joining me tonight is Donald Terrier. Yeah, I'm having to do this on my phone because Skype decided to pick this moment to crash. Maybe it was doing the right thing. You're sounding wonderful on your phone, though, so it will be totally okay. On the other end of the call, we have Saran McNulty. How you doing? Ready to pick apart some games. That's great, because again, like we discussed earlier, we're going to talk about the worst of Nintendo eShop, but first, we have the code word of this hour, which is WeWare, uh, so send that to <laughs> a mail. <laughs> yeah, send it to a mail at contest at NintendoWorldReport.com. It will be, we're on the second big prize, so um, all bets and whole gloves are off again. But uh, yeah, to talk about the main discussion of this hour, the Nintendo eShop had a lot of good games in the last five years, but especially on Wii U, there were some real stinkers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm putting it very mildly, but we'll get to that rabbit hole once we get there. Um, how we're going to do this segment is that each of us has a few games that we want to discuss and um, it sort of mini topics on um, on what these games represent and what they actually bring to the table. And I thought that the, our guest, Saran McNulty, is uh, going first. Okay. Well, let's start with, and this is the full title of the game on Nintendo.com, Archery by Thornberry Software, which, uh... which launched one week ago or two weeks ago. Two uh, weeks ago. Two weeks ago for uh twenty dollars, nineteen ninety-nine US. Yeah. Uh so this is an archery game, mm-hmm. sort of, where most of your screen is your bow and the arrow exists for one frame of animation. It's not really it's even barely an archery game, that's the thing. You just do the archery motion with a button and that's about it. And you don't even know if it will hit your target. And if you're at the right spot, you can just keep throwing the amount of arrows that you need for the next goal. Um it's, it's just so terrible. It's Absolutely terrible. It's dreadful. Unity placeholder text, um assets that were made seemingly in a 480p environment and then just put into this game. And, oh, it's so painful to watch. Don made a very good video of it. So if you just search for Nintendon and then Archery and maybe put in eShop as well, because I'm sure 
there are multiple games that will actually show up for that search. Uh, really? No, they won't. <laughs> really? They definitely won't. You need to see this game in motion. The screenshots explain, but they absolutely do not do it justice. You need to see yeah, this thing. This, this game is as bland as they come and more bought assets as they come. Pretty oh, much. It's... And it's so late in the Wii U's life cycle, and it's just, mwah, it's perfect. It's the epitome of the, I'm just going to put five assets from different packs together and call it an original product. My original account. game 2016. <laughs> Do not steal. Although, we, I'm checking the Nintendo game list now, and... It looks like its sequel is coming out on Thursday. At it least is. they had the, and at least they only had they had the common courtesy only charge thirteen bucks for this one. You know we shouldn't expect more from Thornberry Software than the lowest quality graphics possible. Genre sports. <laughs> Son of a gun. Okay, what's the next one on your list? Oh, we're not going to go round robin. Okay. No. Uh, I've got Humanitarian Helicopter. Yeah, I remember this one. They advertised it before launch. It was as though it was going to be free, and then they charged 10 bucks for it. Um, this is a game that is an argument for a zero on the, on the 1 to 10 rating scale. Yeah. Um, so... Just like the last game, I'm going to put this the link for this one into the uh, chat. But I'm also going to quickly uh, search the um, Don's video because just watch this in horror. No, no, don't don't give them the link. I don't want to watch it, even though it would help me tremendously in ad revenue. But no, I don't. I don't want to sit them for let them sit for ten minutes of the most <laughs> dreadful gameplay I have ever experienced. Because seriously, every these... second of this game is a gift. Every animation is a gift. What? No. The no. Of this game on the Wii U, a commercially recognized piece of. Hardware put out by Nintendo. Um, no, listen, 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 guys, for real here. This game exposes all its hit boxes. Oh yeah, it's that broken. Come on, really? <laughs> I just realized that Seren all chose the most broken games that we're going to talk about today. Oh, I there's there are specific lists of things that I look for in my video games when it comes to Kusage. I don't just go for poor design, though that can ruin a game. I need to see every I need to see everything collapsing in slow motion with no hope. No hope for the game. And that <laughs> is humanitarian helicopter uh Humanitarian helicopter, also worth noting, there is a human being on this earth that looked at that, said, this is finished software, 
compiled it, sent it to Nintendo. There was a team at Nintendo who worked to certify this game and to give it a storefront page. And there is an accountant who pays royalties on this piece of software. There is a whole team working (laughs) on behalf of this piece of software. So, ooh. Mm, You're making it even sound more dire than before. (laughs) Just a reminder. But that's nothing, because the third piece of software is Lucentech. Oh, yeah, James made his infamous uh, commentary video. No! A commentary on that one. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... James's reaction is just about everything we need. Um, I, I think that everybody should watch that comment, listen to that commentary. It's amazing. I still yeah. want to put it ever in a video together, if, if at all possible, because it's so incredible. Go for it's, it. I, I don't uh, care. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lucent Tech, also the name of the developer, um, is... Wait, what? Really? Yeah, he had one oh, name yeah. in him, guys. He had one name, and that was all he could come up with. So he used it twice. The name and the game name are Lucentech. Wait. Okay. And the um, the beauty of that is, if you've looked at humanitarian helicopter at this point, and you've thought, "What the heck?" Imagine that quality, but on an N sixty four game, and then sell that N sixty four game on the Wii U. It's it's and, less than an N64 game because everything about that game is broken. Oh, I'm saying humanitarian. If so, if someone put the amount of effort into humanitarian helicopter, took that same amount of effort, put it on the N64 hardware, and then sell that game on Wii U. That's the best way to describe how broken, ugly, impossibly poorly designed, and just terrible Lucentech is. That is L-U-C-E-N-T-E-K. In case you want to go look this up, because you really needed to see this thing in motion. No, you don't. Ha- no. This thing hard crashes your heart, your system. It's mm, everything about this. I, I believe our lowest rating is reserved for games that explicitly brick the system. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think we have a review for, for Lucentech, but the fog alone should be enough to get this game a one. Yeah, yeah I, it's the only, the only the only reason I didn't give the letter a one is because it's not broken. You sure? Yep. <laughs> the the thing about Lucentech is I'm pretty sure that it functions as designed. No. I'm pretty sure this is what they meant to achieve. I'm pretty sure it was a success. I I I want to say, by the way, for the, the people who are say are in the chat, I love the people who are saying that my me's are the best thing thing about those videos. Oh Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Anyway, um, that's that those are the three games I brought to the table. Um, I'm sorry that you started with me because top that, but those Oh, games, there are a few things that are going to top that. Don't you worry. Don't challenge, you worry. Challenge those accepted. Games, those games epitomize the Wii U eShop and how 
the perception that some people have now of indie games on the Wii U in general. I like how James in our chat is saying, please don't top that. I'm asking nicely. <laughs> uh, Donald, we're going, oh, I think we're going to move over to yeah. you. Let's go to Donald, who's going to talk about some retail games. <laughs> well, th- these are technically eShop titles because at, at least Europe was lucky enough to dodge one of them being a retail product. Yeah. Um, let's Let's talk about the worst game I have or will ever review, shall we? Let's talk about Longrisser. Uh... <laughs> the, the game in which Game Does Not Brick System was actually listed as one of the pros for this game. Yep. This is a yeah. 3DS. Yes, this is a, so, this so is a 3DS, for, 3DS so title. You don't know. So for people who don't know, Longwisser is a long-running franchise, especially in Japan, which is a... I would say it's similar to Fire Emblem. Not exactly, but in some ways, definitely. Um, and they decided to bring over the worst game in the entire franchise. Yep. Yeah. The absolute worst one. Yeah, the... Let's see, the... The battle scenes, I th- this game, this series started on the Genesis, and I think the Genesis could have pulled off the battle scenes, even though they're supposed to be 3D, because right. the characters are about three quarters head, mm-hmm. and they don't, and they they wave little swords at, at each other, and then w- one or the other randomly falls down. Mm-hmm. The it takes about five times as long as it should to Mm. actually complete a map because the maps are so ginormously huge that you spend four or five turns Mm. just getting people into Mm. position. Yeah. It's insane, especially if you, if you consider how long those battles are, they take sometimes well over an hour, I feel. Uh And, you can save. You cannot save in between. You have to close your system or kindly screw off, which is not a nice way to approach that at all. Some and good design. It, it's really good design. It's so misguided and disdain of any sort of quality, especially uh, if you can imagine. If you equip an item until you get a new item, you can't unequip it. Mm-hmm. That's. That goes into against basic game design, like game design that was established long before the 3DS came out. Mm-hmm. Basically, this, this, NES. Yeah, and, and this might be a minor thing, but why does this game flip, confirm, and cancel? It's one of it's one of the very few games I can think of where a where the A button is the cancel button and the B button is confirmed. Yeah, because they're used to PlayStation, I assume, where they always flip it for the Western market. Yeah, so it that is, and it, it's yeah, just and, on, it's just broken on a level. It's not that it's completely a broken game. It's broken on a level that it doesn't really make sense from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, and, and I want and I want you to tell everybody. I think both of us finished this game. This game is roughly one hundred hours. Uh, okay. for, yeah, for 
they they promised a hundred hours. They pretty much delivered, and I, I consider that to be a threat personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Five hours is a threat of that game. Yeah, it, th- this should tell you what it is. When I got the, I, I reviewed this game. I got a code for it, and mm-hmm. when I when I got the code, Don yeah. sent me a condolence direct message on Twitter. Yep, as did I, if I recall. Yes, if if Don and Seren are sending you condolences, you got some real shit on your hands. You know what? This game deserves the profanity. Oh. So what else for terribleness have you have, do you have on your? Oh no, list? no! Before we move off of this, this was a physical release at thirty nine ninety nine. It is, it is. I believe it is now down to eight dollars. You should not pay any amount for that game. Oh no, no! Nintendo.com still lists it in the United States for their eShop pricing at thirty nine ninety nine, or or forty nine ninety nine Canadian. And but Amazon is listing it for eight dollars because they want to get rid of it. Yeah. Honestly, the the best the best thing that ever came out of this game was its official thread on NeoGAF, which the subtitle is "Not like this." I think also the best thing that came out of it are all the negative reviews on the Japanese Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game is almost. Uh, it's almost objectively terrible, and I loathe the concept that a game can be objectively anything. This game. Mm. So many poor decisions. And I will say this at, at the games that Seren talked about, I can still. I can still laugh at it, even though I don't like it. Um, I cannot laugh at Languisher. This is the game where I think, I think screw those guys. Screw everything yeah. about that game. This... Uh, not funny bad. It's just miserable. Yeah, it makes Ac- you just feel bad. Access, Access Games is having a very interesting year this year. And Nobody else counts. Yeah. They had, and some of the games didn't come out as well as they as we thought they would. Anyway, looking at you, Zero Time Dilemma. Yeah, you've got Zero Time Dilemma as a sort of disappointment. You've got this as a train wreck. You've got a middlingly received reissue of Guilty Gear, but then you've got Chase, the X Sing developer game, and you've got another game I actually can't talk about yet. That's is it, is it weird? Uh, it's weird from all the games that they've so far released that I think Chase is the best one. No, that's not weird. It kind of is the best one. Even though it's really short, I think it's really recommendable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not here talking about good games, Donald. <laughs> no. It's a terrible game. Okay. Well, the other the other retail class game, and that it released also for I think I think it was thirty dollars US when it came out. It's it was also a copyright dispute in Europe where this was released on its original Japanese name. Uh, it, we'll we'll just go we'll just go with the game I reviewed it under Attack on Titan: Humanity in Chains. So, yeah. can I start with this? Because I have one thing to say about this game. Okay, yeah, sure, go ahead. I play every game on 3DS with the 3D slider all the way on. I okay. really like the 3D of the 3DS. I do too. This game supports 3D, but it is the worst. Mo- it made me physically nauseous 
the 3D in this game. This game is so bad. It is so broken. Having buildings clip through the screen in 3D. Everything about this game is such a train wreck. And I'm sorry. Why did you pick this up, Atlas? I love you, Atlas. But you pick up like two bad games a year. Why did you pick this one up? Go ahead, Donald. Yeah. So even even though I played with the 3D off, um, I enjoyed... And the main reason I asked for this was because I enjoyed some of the source material that it was coming from. And this is the one of the worst controlling Monster Hunter clones I've ever played. And the main story is done in about five hours for yeah. a 30 hour game. You know, at least, you know, if, you know, Tokyo Rumble aside, that that was a fun game. But this is just a slog. And yet it's only five hours long, which tells you how, about how good the game is. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh-huh. and G and GX, the reason you ask, Atlas was picking up bad stuff before Sega got a hold of them. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. No, they pick up consistently about two bad games a year. Yeah. And and I I'd like to take it as a sign that I was never able to get into do the multiplayer either before before launch with reviewers or after because nobody wanted to bother with it. Yeah, this game, I would love to see the bounce rate of the people that did buy it, of how long until they had to back off. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I, I, pl- I played th- played this game when it came out in Japanese. It's one of the first games that I was really excited about to play in Japanese, and it was one of the more disappointing games I've ever played on a 3DS. Yeah, and uh, James, just so you know, I don't have a PS4, and the Vita version, which I could play, is $53. You have to be really good to get me to pay $53 for a Vita game. Um, The PS4 Vita game that just came out, published by uh, Koei Tecmo, is very good. It is not this in any capacity. No, it's it's definitely not. No, Totally different and yeah, we also and have to uh, kindly have to point out that Danny Bivens gave the original Japanese version a 7.5. So what what the hell happened in localization then? No, it's the same game. I don't know. It's the Danny, same game. Yeah. I don't know why Danny gave it a 7.5. I mean, I mean, fair enough if Danny likes it, but I yeah. I don't know why. So someone can like it's possible to like this game. It it's yeah it's possible. What's the oh, next on your list, buddy? Okay, well, this next one I wasn't sure if I should bring up just because it's no longer available. Like it has a list. It it had a listing. It had a listing, or it still has a listing on the uh, eShop website, but you cannot actually buy it. Big Lee's Revenge. The sequel to Meme Run. That 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 pretty much says it all, doesn't it? The sequel to Meme Run. But but we have to ask the real serious question here. Is this worse than Meme Run? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it, I, I didn't play it because, well, it never came out. There's this thing where some eShop games just don't come out in Canada because the developers can't or are too lazy to get a translation for the manual. But It's not the, the manual, it's the store page. Yeah. But this like, like this game went up on the eShop, I think, the, I think January 7th. And it was yeah. gone within a week. Stolen assets. Hmm. 
yeah, get used to that because that's going to com- probably come up a bit more too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I, I don't really want to talk about Meme Run and Big Least Revenge anymore. I feel that how the developer handled that stuff was sort of insane because when Meme Run came down, it turned to this huge debacle. Uh, and then he oh. returned with a game that's, I think, marginally worse. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. But Big of Revenge, if you have never seen it, it's, I would say it's a first-person shooter? It's like a high, it's like a shooting gallery, but really broken. It You are on a, you're standing on a platform and there's targets around you that I guess are memes, and you shoot them, and memes happen. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that was a thing that happened, but thankfully we don't have to has, deal with it. It also has gigantic Bigly memes in it. That's why it's called Bigly's of Revenge and the Cucumber Dog and the Illuminati. Uh-huh. All the all the best hype memes of 2016. Oh, game. But, okay, but the, let's go to something that actually is available here because there's only so much you can say about a game that existed for nine days. Let's <laughs> let's talk about Skunk Software, shall we? That's not Do a game. That's really? A Do we really? <laughs> their their website literally says. We're staking up the competition. And it's lit- an award-winning developer. Well, yeah, I suppose if you want to count the fact that they're getting called out on the show. But um, these are these are the people that do – they randomly do gambling games. Like that, that would seem to be the thing that they would do. They would do gambling games, maybe some educational stuff. And then on September 1st, a day I'm already freaking out because there's a Nintendo Direct going on. They drop seven games in one day. Yeah. And most of them were bundles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I've linked, there's a video linked in the chat of the first skunk bundle, which I believe, Don, did you lose rights to the audio on that because it blatantly has good riddance time of your life in it? No, no. I still make money on that video. I am amazed. Because you want to talk about ripped assets, they're ripping copyrighted music to use in this game. Well, because... here's the thing: that, that, that Green Day song is also in Piano Teacher. If you don't know, the main menu theme in the first Skunk Bundle in Piano Teacher is the time of our life from Green Day. It's literally a, a midi of a Green Day song. So, this game launched for was it thirty dollars? Yeah, third. It was 20, 25 Twenty-five dollars. It, yeah, it launched for $25, and then it was free for a week so that they, they could get um, bumped up the charts, the sales charts, so that their company name would be more well-known, which may be not the best tactic for this specific company. And then and then it, now it's back up, permanent price drop of 90% off, or like 85% off, it is now $2.99. Uh-huh. It's it's it was twenty five it was free now it's two ninety nine. This company is on a real roller coaster, man, a real roller coaster. And they made worst games before, like they made um a game called um Bubble Gum Drop or something. 
Bubble, oh, bubble Gum Popper. Bubble Gum Popper. And I thought that was a really bad game. That Piano was worse. Piano Teacher launched for forty dollars. Piano yep. Piano Teacher is a literally playing the notes after the game tells you simulator with I think twelve, no, fifteen songs. It's Simon Says with songs like Mary Had a Little Lamb, and it's forty dollars. Yeah. It it launched at forty dollars. Now it's like two dollars. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? all of their software got like bottomed out a week ago at like oh. yeah ninety percent off. Man, oh, it's it's just horrendous. But I yeah. think that their their skunk bundle is the worst. Yeah, it's, and good. Somebody, there's a good question in the chat here from GX. That bundle is rated M. Why? Uh, there's a haunted house in there that literally has uh, ghosts farting and puking. But that's T. I mean, they chose the age rating. The company chose the age rating. They chose to make it rated M. They thought it was rated M. And and in that haunted house, there is literally a version of. A also a well-known song. I don't know remember which song that is, but um, there's a really bad like rock version of a well-known song in that too. Yep. Um, and it's literally really that that haunted house ends with you just falling off the haunted house and have to start all over again. And it's uh, and that that song was Hotel California, according to Pango Radio in the chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was likely Hotel California. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I play a lot of bad games. I do. This line of work, sadly, when I get codes in from developers, um, which attracts more developers who don't want you do the, to do the same, sadly. Um, but, you know, Skunk Software has released not one, two, but four games all on the same that they are all bad. And that breaks you. I felt broken after playing all of that. <laughs> and yeah. I don't want to experience it ever again. And likely it will not happen in the Wii U's lifetime, but you never know for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking of comparable, terrible games at ludicrous price points. And other than like, what was it like Jet Tailfin or something? No, not Jet Tailfin. Um, but Jet Tailfin is also a Rito game. That's true. But <laughs> I, I was trying to think of terrible games with ludicrous pricing. Surfing Sam. What? Surfing Sam. Yeah, but Skunk Software is the king of that of launching your game ten times what it's worth. At an absolute max, <laughs> like at, or minimum, like what are you doing? Uh, anyway, Don, it's your turn. <laughs> Before yes. you do that, um, two yes. updates. We are currently at the halfway point, so I want to remind you that the code word for the contest is WeWare. Yep. Uh, secondly, uh, money-wise, we're currently at $3,375. So we're $125 away from the old things prehistoria segment with uh, Zach Miller, which should be good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's... 25 away from shenanigans at midnight. 
Yeah, but first of all, the important goal is getting Zach Miller to his all-embracing segment. My turn. Um, oh, real quick, though, the code word for the giveaway is WeWare. Yeah. Um, contest at NintendoWorldReport.com, and we are on the second big prize. Yep. Okay. That's that's all correct. So I was like, just I was just thinking about dreading to talk about these four games, but um, yeah. you know I have to do it. So the first of all is Space Roads. Now Space Roads is a bad game you probably have likely not heard mu- about much. You maybe have seen a screenshot or two, but um, it's one of those games that releases and you just don't remember. And I had to look at my downloads before I remembered it, <laughs> which <laughs> tells you a lot. And actually. A funny fact is, um, before Lucentech came around, there was actually the video I was going to suggest to James Jones. Oh, yeah. This video is something. This video is really something else. And I, I mean that in I a didn't very... I for this. <laughs> <laughs> in a really ridiculous degree. Because you can move the, in that game with a push of a button from like 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in a spaceship in space, so it shouldn't even make sense to be 100 kilometers an hour. But you have to like avoid terrible obstacles in this really weird obstacle course floating in space. Doesn't the video end with a hard crash? Yes, this is one of the sole only videos that ends with me having a hard crash on the system. <laughs> During uh, recording. I, I like how the uh, the the Nintendo.com description includes the phrase. It, it, the headline is the phrase "unsafe at any speed." That's a pretty apt description, actually. Yeah, it's actually true because even if you don't press that A button, you still move automatically, and it's still impossible to dodge any obstacle in that game. This yeah, game has some fantastic design decisions. I would love to meet the person who didn't come up with design decisions for this game and ask them why. I don't think you would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't have much to say on this, except if you have any questions about this game, because... Why? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you like like Space Roads, you may also like Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's not wrong. Okay, wow. <laughs> Again, that's not me. That's Nintendo.com. Thanks, Nintendo.com. <laughs> um, the second game I want to talk... Oh, man, that broke me up tremendously. <laughs> that is amazing. The second game I want to talk about is less fun, um, especially to talk oh, about. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. No. It's Test with Robots. The all-embracing one. The one that rules them all still in my mind. The one that I... That's how I ended sort of my review streak of terrible games on Nintendo World Report. And after that, I didn't really want to bother anymore. Because that game broke me to pieces. That game... Everything in that game felt made in paint and just thrown together into a game engine. Yeah. It's a side-scrolling platformer with a delayed jump attack and terrible movement at every step of the way. And it never feels fun to control. And even at jumping, um, those jumps feel so delayed that sometimes you just 
fall off of a platform and have to do an entire section all over again. And I had it happen multiple times, like not once. Um, I regrettably finished this game. It took me about five hours. It's time of my life to get a languisher that I will get never back. Um, I feel ten, now feel ten years older because playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely a, don't think a feeling a video game ever gave me before. It's um, Tessa with robots really is the. It feels like the fifth place winner in a weekend game jam. No. Fifth it place feels, in a game jam. I feel it would be last place in that game jam. Well, it was a five. It was a five entry uh, competition. Okay, then I understand. Okay, that changed the situation. And this is also one of those rare moments where James Jones dropped his now-playing persona, his award-winning now-playing persona, and just spoke to me directly. So from down, you need to stop. Yeah. And I did. Uh, this, <laughs> this game, um, GX helpfully writes in the chat, if you like Tess with Robots, you might also like Seppuku. <laughs> Um, I think if you like this with robots, you would also like to perform Sudoku on yourself. <laughs> uh, this game is... It's the audio that gets me most with this game. Yes. Yeah. audio. James, I know you're listening. Do you want to add anything to Tested with Robots? <laughs> it, it, I, it, to my knowledge, it never came out in North America. It didn't. Which, you, you did which, see the video live while play, doing now playing, which is amazing. That it's that getting, it, they the just didn't bother. Free. Man, we were spared. You were spared. I didn't. Like uh, regardless of all the terrible games that come out on an American eShop, let's talk about Test for Robots. How that is actually the worst Wii U eShop game because it still is even in 2016. Can can I use this as an opportunity to mention my ongoing theory that games made in Central Europe or East of there tend to just be complete disasters on Nintendo's download space? I mean, well, this, game, this, game, this game was made. In, this game was made in France, though. So, oh. <laughs> They should be ashamed, because I just I just think back to the DSI the DSI shop era where it's like, oh, this game's from Lithuania. I bet it's garbage. And then, <laughs> sure enough, it'd be some crazy thing where you'd go, "Why is this?" It'd be like that crazy Gator game I reviewed, mm-hmm. which I well, think was. Made I remember in I remember two mobile ports on WiiWare that were from Eastern Europe, and they were the most terrible things on that service. Well, yeah, I th- I think you well, have another game of of European extraction coming up too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay, and that's actually, that actually came out in North America, I think, last week. It did. Which it is did. Blockform. Blockform is a 3D platformer that is exclusive to the new Nintendo 3DS. Is so it? it is a. Hmm? It is, and it is came that? out very recently, and it's the most. Terrible platformer that you will ever play next to Tested with Robots. Are you sure it's a platformer? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You move up the platforms, you jump and go to a goal. I think it's a platformer. Can you actually achieve that goal, or do you just fail because the game is too bad? 
you achieve with pressure of trying after you trying to complete it. Fair but enough. you don't care, you just drop it altogether. Um that is a game that also feels really thrown together. Like everything feels blocky and just really abstract, but it feels just immediately from plain old assets from some Unity store. Not just some Unity store. The Unity store. Okay. Oh, oh boy! And all the buttons, the um, the Nintendo sh- um shop page doesn't show the bottom screen. For menus, but be assured, it is the generic standard Unity buttons. Okay. You, you can see one, yeah, the bottom screen that it's got on the page is just showing a map, at least from the shot that I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. At, but uh. th- that, um, this thing is 650 US. Yeah. That that seems That seems abnormally high. Yes, which it is, is. How you have, which is how you have to be to enjoy this game. But that's another story. They so they also meet some meet. I think one or two terrible Wii U eShop games as well. Something called Puzzle Monkeys. I think. I don't even remember that game. That's that's no. how that's how unrememberable that thing was. Um, I have one more game on my list, and this is not really a game. It's more of a social media experiment that they just thrown onto the eShop. Is uh, it, it was first it first came out in Japan and then in America and Europe. Uh-huh. It's called Chat a Lot, and this is a 3DS app that runs on web-based technology, uh-huh. where you connect to the internet and try to talk to your friends in a dedicated chat room or via voice. And it is the worst experience possible. I think you can upload pictures of your 3DS camera to it if you would really want to. So it feels like an advanced service of maybe Swap Note, but marginally worse in every given way. Um, there's also a local play option. But why would you bother if this is a social media thing? Sometimes in Japan, you, you don't want to talk to the person next to you, so you'll type to them. Wasn't that the the same logic behind keeping Swapnote alive after they killed its Wi-Fi connection? Works in Japan. Not for anywhere else in the world. I, I still feel bad about the destruction of Swapnote, but Chatalot is literally talking to one another through poison text, through some pictures, some emoticons, and doing this over a web-based app on your 3DS. It is the most insane thing they could talk about. And it's likely the one thing that barely any functions. I tried it with a German friend, so we were not very far from one another globe-wise. But um, it took a full minute to load a message. Yeah. It's, um, it's basically running a web browser inside of a shell, and it's not using the web browser on the 3DS because this way they can sell you their web browser, and their web browser is closer to the DS web browser cartridge quality than the 3DS's web browser. It's a mess. 
Yep. I'm going Absolutely. to quote the uh, the chat a lot page. Great smiley face. Do you want to go to the double space voice chat question mark? Do and, you want to go has... to the voice chat, everybody? No. No. no we're good. No. All right. We're well, I'll leave you guys to it. It has, according to the chat, according to the chat room, it also offers strict parental controls, password protected features for fun and secure chatting. You know what else has that? The 3DS system itself. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we still have some time surprisingly left, and we got through this game surprisingly fast. So we still have some things on the back burner. Um, Seren, you wanted to talk about Snake Den. Snake Den, I just want to uh, first remind James that I suck. I hate you! <laughs> next next game! <laughs> I suck for Vertical Railroad Suspension Simulator, go! No, no, because I got Twitter on James's ass to gang up on him and tell him he needs to own Snake Den. Then he played it live on a stream, and it's the worst version of Snake I've ever seen, and it has some really fantastic sound effects. That's all. <laughs> you made James you... a very sad person that day. <laughs> How do you make a bad version of Snake? <laughs> Snake Don. Hey, 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 Donald, ask Skunk Software because it's in the first Skunk Bundle. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> I wanted to talk about my farm. Which one? My exotic <laughs> farm? James is going to be so livid. My aquatic farm? I'm going to talk about my farm. The, the best one? franchise on the eShop. <laughs> With fantastic games like My Australian Farm, My Exotic Farm, My, my Ice Farm. Which oh. has the best frame rates. It has the best animations of any game. Because it will have this undeep water where the ducks will uh, swim through. And then will automatically go and stand. And there are no further animations on any of that, which makes for some of the most amazing gifts ever created by human beings. To be clear, when you say a series of games, you mean series of game. Because they made one game, and they have sold it to you about eight times. Yep, they sold it first on... um, Was it DSiWare? Yeah, they... we, I know those games from Giant Bomb reading their press releases back when the press releases came out on Mondays. Yep. Yeah. Europe still, Europe still does it. <laughs> um, and then you and then you have them on 3DS, which I think one of them came actually out on retail, and then they all came out on the Wii U eShop. Oh. I think the best moment with one of those games is that one of the the Wii U boot up screens literally put the loading screen with the word loading um, as its startup screen. <laughs> Which is re- a really well programmed video game. Oh, it's, it's, it's something else. It's, oh. Oh, palette swaps. Is there anything you can do? Can we skip and come back to Suspension Railroad? Why? Because I want to hit this last thing and make sure we hit it. If you want to, you can go all ahead. 
Okay. So, I don't want to throw just one developer under the bus on this, but we have one developer listed to get us started. Mm -hmm. Um, The general asset flipping on the eShop, specifically the Wii U eShop, where someone will spend $5 to buy a programming tutorial package that comes with a sample yeah and then sell the sample to consumers the okay. sample that was meant to teach the developer how to make a game like that they just sell that tutorial directly to the consumer and make more money than they spent uh the one developer that's been called out the most for doing this is rc maniacs but there are multiple developers on the Wii U eShop that do this through Unity and the Nintendo Web Framework and, Con- and Construct 2. And it just boggles my mind that you would want your name and company name associated with selling something that's not even a game. That's not even a game, but is mm-hmm. instead... The, the first step to learning how to make a game. I think it's a violation of, and it goes anything against like building a game library all by yourself, but it's, we can stop it legally, I think. Um, yeah. And th- that actually is the aspect that worries me the most. That um, especially in the last few months, as we use wrapping up, that we might get more of these games because they now see that it's possible to do so. So why not go for it? Like anytime he, there's a game of his put, that's put out, just Google the name and you'll probably be able to play it for free in your browser. The whole thing, because oh, why? And like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna single out a single developer. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's this one or that one. I feel that um, all of them that are doing this it is a really dangerous business model. It is. It, it's, it's it's the kind of thing that you get that that we probably need to call out more, but we just don't want to run the risk of getting sued like is, some it, other asset yeah. flippers are doing to people like Jim Sterling. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that I'm not going to sit here and say that RC Mediax all of his games are asset flips because th- I don't think that's necessarily the case. He made a few games that, um, while I think they're bare bones, they are better than anything we talked about before. Oh, um, the like his but, debut yeah. game is a reskinning of the of a construct to tutorial. Yeah, yeah, I totally like, get that. Every single one of them. Like, if you Google, for instance, Panda Love, which is a game he put on Wii U, which I did to find the store page while I was on a Skype call with Don, the actual first result was just the entire game for free in your browser to entice you to buy the programming package that it was sold with. And if it's just saying it's bad business, if someone Googles your game and the very first thing they see is... The entirety of your development process instead of your product. Yeah. I definitely think that his last number of games were definitely just as a flips, but his early work, even though we're bare bones or more tutorial like, they were 
they were showing some promise of a developer that could have done a whole lot more. And I'm specifically talking about um, Super Robo Mouse. I yeah. think I got a version of that a year before that game came out. And that showed a lot of promise. But he never built on that promise. He just released the game as is. And I think that's the biggest issue. It's And again, try not to just call it one developer. But it's easier to do in this case because there are so many examples from this one developer, but there are so many other developers. I think that Skunk Software did a good amount of that too. Skunk Software yeah. did a lot of it. Yeah, I and, think and they, the they, they released they released a jackpot mini game that's literally on the Unity Asset Store. And it's... and at least at least our Smatiax keeps his games cheap, like if they're you know buck fifty two bucks a shot. Skunk Software yeah. charges like twelve fifteen dollars for most of their games at launch. Yeah, the jackpot one was I think ten bucks. It's so frustrating as someone who hasn't put out a game in over, or not over, in uh, 23 months Mm -hmm. because I've been working for over two years on this one game and it's probably got like another year left of development. And then I just see this one person's put out 15 games in a year because... Yeah. All they did I'm, was just run the cert paperwork every time. I mean, I'm not going to deny for you for bringing it up, but it's it's a very complicated issue that I think needs an additional hour, which you don't have. Yeah, mm. it's maddening. Yeah, we've only got a, a couple minutes here, but yeah, let let's I guess we can wrap up with uh, let's throw join dots under the bus. Okay, <laughs> that seems like a way more fun idea. My pleasure. Join dots is. A company that releases terrible game after terrible game of mis- unmistakably low quality. And I think their their two biggest examples is a island flying simulator and then this one, which you were going to talk about, Suspension Railroad Simulator. Oh, boy. Suspension Railroad Simulator is an extremely ugly game. If you walk through the train, the characters will literally walk through you. And they looked terrible. Then you go actually trying to figure out how you control the game, which never, ever barely works. And when it does, you can't really have any fun in like the free roam mode because it literally forces you to keep the door closed, to keep all the passengers in check um, and just just fly through the stations if you so please. So it's even not fu- even not fun in that way. I just don't think it's fun at all. They just don't for these really fun games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, that's... And I, I think the other thing I wanted to com- sort of sidetrack complain about was just these companies who constantly put their games on sale as an attempt to get attention every week when mm-hmm. that's... Join, join Dots join is dots. one of those. Yeah, Join oh, Dots. Um, the Rock and Racing games. I mean, those might be decent games, but... They're not terrible. They're they're they're, yeah. they're meh. Yeah, but it's like at some point, as somebody who has to write a download downloads update every week, it's just yeah, just come cram it into one line and move on. Give them what they deserve. Yeah, at, at this stage, I have like most of the developers who put their games on so regularly, I have a Word document dedicated for that. Uh, and I just copy it from the Word document. Just yeah. fill in the dates. Yeah, which uh-huh. should tell you everything. Yep. Because they're putting it always on, on sale for the same price. 
But yeah, that's a good look in the minds of how bad sometimes eShop games can be. There's definitely still some good stuff, and hopefully I could highlight that at some point too. Um, But at the same time, I think this stuff needs to be highlighted as well, and we don't necessarily always have the time to do it. So it feels good to dedicate an hour to just show you or just to let you hear how we feel about that stuff, and it is insane. It's, yeah, um, just next time you look at the Nintendo downloads, just remember, Don is playing them. Yeah, I'm at about that, um, starting next week, and this is sort of an announcement, I'm going to do a real weekly eShop roundup, where I'm just going to say like a few sentences on each eShop game. So from next week onward... That is something you'll see, and I will include like the best deal of the of the week or something with that. So ensure that uh, you're buying the good stuff and not the bad stuff. Sounds like a necessary service. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right. I think uh, that is the end of our segment. James, are you here? Yep. All right. Uh, should we bring in the radio trivia guys? And I am going just- to do that right now. So it's time for me to. Thank the three of you for this segment, and we are going to go ahead uh, and get. Hmm. I was just going to say, in two hours, I'll be back to host pitch your game. And yeah, I'll, and I'll be back in an hour to talk Pokemon with Alex. Finally, something something enjoyable to talk about. I will just I will just be uh, doing the Twitter stuff for NWR Telefon and then helping Seren with first segment. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, to you guys, for being here. I'm going to go ahead and bring in the radio trivia team right now. So, on that. Time to change it all over. Bye-bye. Bye. So while I am getting them online, go ahead and give an update. We are at $3,400 out of $4,000. We are $100 away from Zach's dinosaur segment. And I am bringing these guys on right now. And I accidentally hung up on Carmine. Hello. 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 Are we on? Are we live? We are live. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, no time to dilly-dally here because it is time for radio trivia. We only got an hour to squeeze in uh, five games, hopefully. So uh, I am your host, Michael T.Y.P. Cole. We also have uh, Jonathan Metz. Hi, everybody. I'm back. And uh, James is hovering in the background. He may yep. He may join us as well. I may I may pop in, yeah. So uh, basically, what the, what is this? Uh, for those unfamiliar, Radio Trivia is a trivia game where we uh, choose video games that were on Nintendo systems. We'll pick three songs and we'll play them, and it's your job as the listener to figure out the game based on the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have prizes for this segment as well as uh, call-ins. So uh, Carmine is helping us. If you have Skype, you can contact him at. H-A-R-K-E-N underscore D-E-L-L. So you're able to submit your guesses to him. Now, uh, your order of your guesses are important. If you, you know, spam 10 guesses on the first song and your 10th guess is right, he, he may not choose you as the winner if there's someone who got on their first guess. So uh, <clears throat> please, uh, you know, please think before you start guessing. Um, that's just the way things go. And it's up to Carmine to decide who who's the winner for that game. 
Um, we will have three songs per game. I think I already mentioned that. We will not have a hint question since this is a live show. Uh, just isn't enough time to to juggle that amongst <clears throat> everything else. Um, for those that might be listening on the recording, just so you know, um, I am planning on posting a version of this that's, I guess you could call it remastered, on the uh, Radio Trivia podcast feed. So you may want to check that out as well because I'll <clears throat> you know, clean up uh, you know, mono to stereo and probably you know, clean things up here and there, add some music in the background and the like. So you can look forward to that as well. Uh, let's see. Is there anything I forgot? I'm uh, mostly here to make everyone listening feel less bad for not knowing what these games are. Oh, that's not true. And and, and also, I should mention that uh, pretty much everyone who, who I just mentioned has contributed at least one game selection. So, but I don't even uh, remember which one I I gave you. So <laughs> I'll probably miss that one too. Oh, okay. Well, uh, with that, let's go on to the first song for the first game. Okay, well, I've been told we do have a winner, but we will play the rest of the songs for everyone's enjoyment. So here is the second song from the same game. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, that was the second song. We've got one more song. We'll bring in the winner, hopefully, who tell us what the game is. Uh, one thing for people that are dialing in, uh, if you could remember to turn off the live stream before you join, that would be very helpful. Sorry for the live listeners uh, for the audio uh, volume going up and down. We're not really sure what's happening there. I've, I've uh, checked the settings, but uh, we're troubleshooting in real time, so we may yeah. we may yet figure it out. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, bring in the caller, and uh, it will reveal to us what game this is. Hello, right. Nut, are you there? Not, not may need to be uh, yeah maybe in the chat but not hey. in the uh there what? we go not, oh, hello? there we go hello 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 How's hey going? we hear you Do, uh, yes i'm doing good <laughs> what your, av- your, your avatar is amazing by the way no, I, I, I yeah. don't know if we should describe that for everybody but um, i'm cracking up uh it's 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 it the the um the the it's from a Fire Emblem Fates like anthology comic I I believe, and I just edited the quote on it. It's it that's not the what it originally says. At least I would hope oh, not. Sure, but what's what's the game the music is from? Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Was yes, really uh, excited a, for this game. Yeah, it's a game I was excited for until I played forty hours of it and, and decided I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, when when I first saw it, I believe 2013, right? Nintendo Direct uh, it was a first reveal in Nintendo Direct. I was Sounds like right. really confused because it was 
Like, I never played Xenoblade Chronicles, so I was like, what is going on? All these, like, systems and stuff. And I was like, eh, I don't think I'll play this game. And then, by, because Shulk was in Smash Brothers, I was like, eh, maybe I should give this a try. And I ended up really liking it. <clears throat> and now, and now Xenoblade Chronicles X is, like, one of my favorite Wii U games. Nice. That's nice. I, I wish I liked It's a game I really wanted to like, but I, I, I got to a point where like, I would go exploring and have fun, and then I'd get to like a cave or something, and I guess I wouldn't be leveled up enough or something, and I feel like I'm being punished for exploring because I can't <laughs> like get anywhere in there. And uh, There are certain things about the game progression and where it's like I love the world, I really want to explore it, but I'm punished for doing so, and I... I just I decided I had to put it on the shelf and I just never gone back, which is sad because really, there's a there's, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in the game. I was really worried that I was gonna have to come in here and defend this game, so I'm glad there's somebody else who likes it. No, <laughs> I, I like it I, as much I like as I it like also. it. As much as I like it, there the game ha- does have some problems. I remember this one instance. There was this cave and it had this enemy that like that I wanted to get away. from. From, but for some reason, kind of like locked me into the area. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. That but sounds like, like every cave. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I tried to get away, but then, like, the enemy, like, what couldn't move and I couldn't get near it. It was, uh, I don't remember <laughs> the specifics, but I remember being there for, like, I think 30 minutes. And then once I finally defeated it, because, like, it was way over leveled. I then got caught with another enemy and had to repeat that for like 10 minutes. Oh, no. But I love the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that there's, what, you, what you're describing sounds like one of Celica's quests. That's just a complete mm. nightmare. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's... Lots of crazy things can happen in Xenoblade. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what makes it appealing, though. It's kind of a, it's kind of a moving chaos engine where mm-hmm. you think everything's fine and then you've stayed out in the field one hour too long and suddenly there's a giant gorilla who's throwing rocks at you and he's level 99 yep. despite being right next to the starting point of the game. Yep. Well, even, the, just, even the soundtrack, I think, is very divisive. But, I mean, I'll say there's definitely a lot of songs in this game that I don't care for very much at all, especially the ones that play in the city. But... I think the ones Mike chose were some of the best, some of my favorite. Oh, come yeah, on. How can you not, like, we're stuck in a different planet? <laughs> I mean, he's, they're not wrong. Yeah, I some time just to choose some songs that I could tolerate. I would say that if you're looking for, for music to put in on the overtalk part, Celica Steam is actually pretty good. Like, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of variety in this game's music. Which is appropriate, given the, mm-hmm. the variety of the game world. Um, it does a lot of different things and, and plays with some themes that I think is actually kind of underappreciated, and people kind of get caught up in the really bad hip hop. Yeah, no, there, there's a definitely a variety of music in this game. We we do have to move on to the next game. Um, sorry, I know we got to cut off the conversation kind of short here. We only got an hour. Uh, one thing right. uh, Carmine wanted us to mention that the keyword for this hour is Hyrule Symphony. So uh, you can send that in. Uh, I don't remember the email. It's but, contest, uh, contest at NintendoWorldReport.com. Win yourself Amiibos. Oh, Do okay. It. That was easy. Why would you not win an Amiibo? Just send an email. It's just tell him Hyrule Symphony in the email, and you'll win, you'll win Amiibos. And I, I believe we're at 3,435 right now for the – All right. Uh, 
So I think it's only $65 for all things prehistoric with Zach, if I'm reading this correctly. And then Shenanigans is about is uh, 500 more away. Exciting. It's always uh, interesting. <laughs> okay, going on to the second game. yet but we do have two more songs so oh people what are you doing this is my pick by the way hint it's my pick <laughs>
So, Johnny, would that be a honky tonk piano sample, or uh, what, what? What is the uh, <laughs> what is the sample Maybe. choice for that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, that that song is a waltz, by the way. One, two, three. One, yes. two, three. Good stuff. Oh, it's, man, it's there's still no winners, waltz. man. I I hope there are people that have Skype because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's someone listening to this who's like, come on. Besides this, John, <laughs> there's a lot. Of I'm 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 sitting here sure. going like, ah. Uh, it seems like all the people who are ineligible or not able to use Skype right now know it, and everyone yeah. who could win it is perplexed. <laughs> Welcome to Radio people Trivia. Know the music and still can't figure it out, which I love. Well, we'll enjoy the music anyway. Here's the last song from the second game. That was fun. Yeah. So apparently someone got it, but that person doesn't have Skype. Or oh, well, maybe he is. Wait, hold on. Says yep, he's on he's Skype. Coming in. So okay, so uh, we'll have the uh, listener in a second to give away the game. But yeah, that's uh, that's some fun music. I like uh, the variety in this one. Although mm-hmm. uh, J- James is saying the relationship between the game and the music may be tedious at best. I, I guess. <laughs> um, which I. Tenuous, tenuous as well, perhaps. Tenuous, Uh, tedious, not tedious, tenuous. uh, I was thinking it's a good thing that I've listened to podcasts most of the time I played this game, or else I would hate all this music because I don't actually hear it that often. I still really love it. Why, hello there. Hello. Harry. What's up? 
Hey, man. What's up? Hey, man. Do you what know game is this? This is 3D Picross round two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Donnie gave a pretty big hint when he said, I chose this, or he chose this. <laughs> yes. A, a game well, it's entirely possible people in the chat have heard the, or have played and have never heard the music. That's totally true. possible. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <clears throat> what is this music? I, I was like, I just played this game and I can't remember what this is from. But then when we played the second song, I got it. Well, it's weird. It's like it has kind of a circus vibe. I think the first song even is a bit Halloween-y. Uh, something about the piano mm-hmm. is a little bit creepy. Yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of the soundtrack kind of is somewhere between, like, Professor Layton music and, like, Mario <laughs> Galaxy music. Yes, is that is good, perfect. That is a pretty perfect good totally. territory to straddle, you know. It's surprisingly yeah. good music for a puzzle game where most people will never even bother listening to the music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super random and, and awesome. It's really well done, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you knew it, Perry. <laughs> oh, it yeah. makes sense that you would. I I could see you would appreciate the soundtrack a lot. Sure. Uh, well, I have a com- I think I've confessed this before, but I have never played a Picross game. Period. Yeah, that's yeah, shocking. Yeah, I, I think you would really like them. I mean, yeah, I think most people would, but yeah. I'm telling you, you should just download Picross E, like one of the Picrosses from the eShop. It's five bucks, and it's like. 50 hours of gameplay. Well, there's even... Isn't there a free demo nice. of, of 3D Round 2? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, there's a demo, demo of that. Yeah, you should, oh, okay. def- I should check definitely that check that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the demo I, should be a really good representation of, of what the full game is. It's just going to be four or five hundred more puzzles like the ones in the demo. <laughs> it, what's crazy is I remember downloading the demo for the first one off of the Wii... Remember, remember when you could download demos yes. to your DS from the Wii? Oh, oh yeah. Funny. That Jeez. was the weirdest and coolest thing. But I remember oh, from... Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, it's well, an amazing game. Everybody should get it, of course. Yeah, everyone should get it. All right. I'll, I'll give it some thought, guys. Across 3D, round two. Okay. Uh, well, we got three more games. I'm hoping to get to all three of them. So let's press on with the next game. Thank you, Perry, for calling in. I know. Yeah. Uh, See you guys. Jump through hoops. Good luck <laughs> with the uh, with the whole thing you got going here. All right. Thanks, man. See you, Perry. See ya. See ya. By the way, Perry is the author of the of the theme song for Radio Free Nintendo. <laughs> Radio Free Nintendo. And. Mm-hmm. Also, he uh, also ties. Uh, Faker real, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, um, he does themesters. Themesters on a segment on connectivity. I did one of those with Perry. And uh, he also does the. Uh... James, what, what what are you doing here, man? Come on. Sorry, hey, uh, I was going to say he also does, he also does the Talk Nintendo podcast. Jeez. God, James. God.
Well, it sounds like we already have a winner, which was record time pretty much, but uh, we will play the rest of the songs. Um, I'll also note that we are still at $3,435 for Child's Play charity. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have not donated yet, please consider donating. Please, 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 please. And, and if you're listening if, to this, even if, it's, even if, if you're it's listening to the bucks. recording, yeah, and, and, if, and if you're listening to the recording afterwards, if it's shortly after this gets posted, the uh, I think they're leaving this open for a little while longer after mm-hmm. the event. So yeah, we'll it definitely, won't be too we'll definitely late. We'll explain that on the, on the recording. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the recording. I'm recording. I'm explaining it right now for yes. really good listeners. <laughs> this is a live explanation. Tinkle, 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 tinkle. I like the the instrument. It sounded like it's from Genesis.
right. So while we're waiting for the listener to come in, uh, we have some news on the uh, fundraising front. We've unlocked the Dino segment with Zach Miller. We're at, we sure uh, have. A little bit over uh, three thousand five hundred now. So yay! Thank you, everybody. Yes, all things prehistorica. I now get to type "unlocked" in the field. I am excited. Unlocked. Yeah, and and it's it's a you know it's been a big year for dinosaurs. There's been a lot going on. A lot of dino news. So yes, Carmine, that was the last song. You can bring in the listener at any time. while we're waiting, without giving away the game, uh, you know, James says, you know, most of the games he plays, he says, are batshit insane. Um, <laughs> I don't this always one... believe him when he says that, but I, this one legitimately is kind of batshit insane. Um, I mean, I think the third song says everything. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah a musical representation of it. So, so in case you aren't aware of what that is, basically this game has, you know, little chirp noises that, you know, for text, a lot of games do that, or they have a little noise that goes when they're, you know, typing out the text like a typewriter kind of a thing. Mm. And uh, they've incorporated that into music. Right. <laughs> for that song. The char- because the characters were singing. Right. That last song is very chirpy for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I think we have a listener if he's going to join us here. Yep. Uh, Nova Alamac. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi there. Hello. How's hello. It going? Good. Welcome. What game is this? Uh, this is Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice. Sure as heck is. And it, do you agree that it's kind of an insane game? I mean, yes, the, the but I think that that's probably why it's like one of the best Ace Attorney games because they've full on embraced their like prior stupidity, but in a way that's kind of self aware at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, they know every, every, basically every have. character is is a manic is is like. It, I don't know. It, it, as as they said on RFN, they really took um, – I forget how you guys worded it, but it was brilliant. Uh, something <laughs> about like character strangeness to 11 or something. I think that's what James said, but it's yeah, totally true. Th- this char- every new character in this game is the weirdest character in the series. <laughs> it really yeah. is excessively top by the next person well, you Possibly meet. not LB, but uh, – Pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, every every case specific character you meet. Yeah, and and they're like the, I don't know, just just like the art design on some of these characters. It's like in the in the episode that is the special episode. There's supposedly airliners. That, you know, there's like the company is like an airline company that you're dealing with, but like it's all like steampunk outfits, and I, I don't know. It makes absolutely zero sense. You can tell the. Doing the character design this time is having a ton of fun. Yeah. And they're not having to hold anything back. Yeah. And, and it's keeping uh, in mind, this is this is the sequel to the game where one of the characters was a Greek statue. And and oh, this, yeah. Yeah. this is Stranger. So <laughs> in a lot of ways, this feels like a direct sequel to four. And that's yeah. kind of what I love about it. Um, in terms of plot, I think it is. I mean, it certainly builds on that a lot more, but uh, I think the the uh, persona is more like five. Oh like, yeah. yeah, the atmosphere is five on steroids. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, something well, about the fact they made the they made music out of the game's text noises to represent yes. singing is so brilliant and so stupid and so wonderful that I just can't <laughs> yep. I can't put it into words. Yes, so I w- if you've never played a Phoenix Wright game, this is not the one to start with. No, by any no. stretch of the imagination. I mean. It, it, 
I actually think that also from a gameplay standpoint, it's a little bit uh, more cumbersome with some of the it's cases. It's so hard. Um, I don't know that it's difficult. It's just there there's some things that are a little bit obtuse. Um, yeah, so that, I, I definitely think like the trilogy, uh, which James has said before on RFN, uh, the, the, if you can get the trilogy that I think was released for 3DS a couple of years ago, um, that's definitely the place to start. But um, don't forget about this game. This game is very good. It's, if you like those three, then definitely check this one out. Okay, we're going to go on to the next game. Thank you very much for dialing in. Please uh, coordinate with Carmine for your prize. Thanks. Congratulations. All right, game number four.
I have to apologize to the live listeners. I'm going to have to cut off these songs for this game off a little bit because um, they go on for a while, and I want to make sure we have time for the last game. But that's definitely enough of that first song to to recognize it if you know it. Um, I love the sci-fi vibes. Love it too. Lots of theremin in that song and lots of theremin chat happening right now as well. <laughs> yeah, I know you'd uh, appreciate this one, Johnny. Mm. Um, no winners yet, uh, but I do believe we got a little more in the donation pile here. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. Ah, uh, 470 from Shenanigans. Yes, so if thank you, you want Alex, Shenanigans, please donate. Everybody, we need you to dig deep. Identify this game. Thank <laughs> you. 
so Alex Galafi's guess is resin VR, which is not correct, but completely <laughs> not, understandable. Not that far off, yeah. It's um, also not on a Nintendo platform, as far as <laughs> I'm aware. Um, uh, yes. Not coming soon to a virtual boy near you. <laughs> um, <laughs> except it's only one color. <laughs> you know, I feel like Mizuguchi could make that work. I think he could he could do something cool with that in Virtual Boy. All right, well, well, I do think we finally have a winner. Yeah. And uh, Carmine's hooking him in right now, or her. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi there. Hello. I am here. Uh, Who is this that is dialed in? This is uh, GX. GX, excellent. How are you doing? Uh, I am fine. I am slightly shamed because this was a shot-in-the-dark guess, and apparently I got it right. And uh, <laughs> considering who is on this call, I feel pretty bad about that. Well, congratulations anyway. What game is it? This is Axiom Verge, which is a name yeah. I could only remember because I'm looking at it right now on my Steam wish list. <laughs> There's no shame. So that means you have right. not played this yet. <laughs> um, assuming it's, I assume you haven't played it yet, then, if it's on your wish list. Uh, it, it continues to be on my wish list, waiting for it to go on a pleasant sale or waiting for me to just bite on getting it for Wii U. <laughs> ah. Either way. Well, it'll be, it'll uh, be I, I, I was... Yeah. I was persuaded to get it, and I, you know what? I I really enjoyed it. I don't regret the purchase at eighteen dollars. It, it's uh, it's a good game, especially if you like these sorts of uh, Metroidvania so-called games. Um, it does a really good long job for the genre too. It's pretty long. See, you you said that I didn't find it to be terribly long, and and, and the only reason why I think it feels longer is that there is a little bit of trudging back and forth. Um, but uh, it's overall, it's a really good game. The 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 uh, weapons are really interesting, really varied. Um, there's more than one way to approach situation, just you know, based on your tool of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the bosses. I, I've heard some people complain that maybe they're not that interesting, but I, I found that um, they play pretty differently depending on what weapon you bring into the battle. So, right. Um, right. I, I thought that actually. Um, was pulled off pretty well, and they all look amazing. If nothing oh, yeah. else, the boss designs are just incredible. Yep, and absolutely. hey, the, I think the entire soundtrack is fantastic. You you didn't even play some of my favorite songs, really? Yeah, the uh, one, the, really one like with the, the one with the chanting, the lady chanting, is probably my favorite. Uh, okay, I yeah. I like that one, but it also got on my nerves, so I didn't want to use it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this game was made, I think, entirely by one person, right, Tom Happ, That's including right. the music. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, whatever you, uh, if you buy it, uh, aside from that little chunk that goes to the platform holder, uh, that goes straight to him, and he needs the money. I know. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you can also buy a soundtrack if you've already bought the game and you want to support. I believe you can buy it on Bandcamp. Um, and uh, you get the full soundtrack that way. Uh, really good game. Um, you know, if you don't like these kinds of games, uh, it's not going to like, you know, persuade you that that you do like them. But you know, if you're a fan of Metroid, uh, this is an awfully good Metroid style game. And uh, you know, not just a clone. It really does uh, have some interesting um, tweaks to it. So yeah. not not to prolong the call at all. Has anybody on the call yet actually tried the uh, Wii U version? Yeah, that's the version I played. Oh, Absolutely. okay. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of slowdown in one or two rooms, but it's tolerable and it's like that one spot. 
so I, I played it completely off screen, so I can't really speak to uh, the second screen for inventory being faster. I, I saw it at the E3 demo. It didn't really demo that well. I don't think it's a good game for a, a show floor demo because you need time to kind of orient yourself. You can't just get thrown into the middle of the yeah, level. I, rec- but, I recommend uh, uh, hogging the demo for at least half an hour and talking <laughs> to the developer the whole time. That makes I'll, it I'll be sure to do that, John. I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then accost Reggie when he comes by for a visit. That's that's my that's the best experience at the demo. Yeah, but yes, the Wii U version is very good. There's no problems with it. Like I said, very little slowdown. One one or two rooms that you know are just uh, maybe have a bit too much going on, but it, it's really not a big deal. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, so All right. In the chat said they guess Zeo Drifter uh, instead of Axiom Verge, and that is. Uh, that's also a very good guess. It, yep. it could be could be Zio Drifter. That game has pretty good music too. All right, guys, we only got six minutes left, which is yes. just enough time to, to squeeze this in. So I, I really don't. Know. All, right, All right, let's do it. Peace. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. That was the first song. Uh, no time for jibba jabba. Let's move on.
Last song. We're out of time here. Okay, it sounds like we do have a winner here, although there may be some technical difficulties getting him on the call. Um, so uh, we only have two minutes left, so unfortunately we don't really have time to troubleshoot here. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, this game is very similar to Mystical Ninja aesthetically and, and kind of in the... Mm-hmm. Super it, Japanese-y. There we hey, go. I think we, yeah. I think we have but, Sleazy Pete on here. Hello, Pete. Are you there? Well, excuse me, just a moment. Okay. Hey, hey. All right. What game is this? This is uh, Pocky and Rocky 2. Wow. It sure is. Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed that this game even came out in the West. It's so Japanese, and it, it's old. It's not – I mean, it, it's you play as like a Shrine Maiden or something, and it's two-player. It, it's like a faster-paced version of that Super Nintendo going on Mystical Ninja overworld area. Or you're no, fighting it's like, it's like Akari Warriors. It's like the most Japanese version of Akari Warriors. Okay. Yeah. Fair or enough. Command a commando, basically. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it, it's. I'd really love to play this game. It looked like a lot of fun. Just. It's adorable, and then they added it Becky. It looks beautiful. That looks beautiful. I mean, they have, yeah. and you can choose different characters, and it. it it's a very interesting game. I, I think is it is it Natsume? Natsume. Yeah. Natsume. Yeah, it's Haki. Natsume. So Paki and Rocky. So I, I don't know. I wonder if this came out in like the Japanese Virtual Console. Um, I, I don't think it's out probably, in the West. Probably, probably. I'll say um, probably. Uh, I know that it is one of the rarest Super Nintendo cartridges. It is. Oh, I, I didn't realize. That. Like I said, I'm amazed it came out in the West. But uh, yeah, it's, it looks like a cool game. It really does. Anyway, we've hit the two o'clock mark. Thank yep. you very much for dialing in. You uh, won a prize. So. Uh, Please uh, coordinate further with Carmen on uh, what whatever prizes are still available. All right. Thank you. Congrats, right. Pete. Try a lozenge. <laughs> and that's got it for this segment. So, gentlemen. Hey, right. real quick. Thank you, Mike, so much for doing all the work to get this together. Thank you, James, and especially Carmine for uh, for getting people in here and making this all work. It's so complicated, and it went really well, and it was so much fun. 
All right. And if you uh, like this, you can check out Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. It's on podcast feeds. Go to iTunes Store or website or whatever and check hey, it and out. There'll be a high-quality version of this segment that you're going to put out it's, on that feed. Yep. Yeah. Get all the Absolutely. long versions of the music and super high quality. It'll sound great. Yep. Okay. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. Uh, Hello. Hello, Jimmy. I Hello, say James. bye, but I'm still here. So, gentlemen, I know we're already over time for giving it back to you, so I'm going to do the very quick, very quick update. We were at $3,555 out of our 4000 goal. So after that, I'm turning it over to you, gentlemen. Have a good show. Hello. Thank you, Jim. I'm on the air? Oh, yeah. We're live. Okay, cool. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Alex Kalafi, and welcome to Nintendo News Report Presents... The final Pokemon Sun and Moon preview spectacular for the 7th annual NWR Live Podcast Telethon for Child's Play. Once again, my name is Alex Kalafi, and for this segment, I am joined by resident Poke expert and my esteemed co-host of Nintendo News Report. That's one Donald Terrio. Hello, Donald. Hello, Alex. Uh, a little, a little distracted here between radio trivia and trying to follow a playoff baseball game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and now we are going to spend the next hour trying to parse apart every single piece of Pokemon Sun and Moon news content for the last, what, like six months by this point? Uh, six and a half because the, the – well, actually like seven and a half because the game got revealed at the end of February with the 20th anniversary. And we're here now. We've got the demo coming out on Tuesday, so I think that's sort of why this is the last one we're doing for a while. That we do. So, so we're not actually going to go over every single news beat because that would be impossible because uh, Pokemon at this point is doing a new trailer every week. But what we are going to do is we're going to be talking about uh, – like we're going to be giving a general overview of Pokemon Sun and Moon in the form of five different segments. They are – we got a general overview, uh, a.k.a. what these games are all about. Uh, and then in about 10 minutes, we're going to be talking about the Pokemon themselves. Then we're going to be talking about new features. And then we are going to be talking about game structure and flow, a.k.a. we'll be asking and answering the question, are there gym leaders? And lastly, we have a few miscellaneous stuff like the demo. We might have some time to answer the, uh, the crazy NX question. But I think it will be an action-packed segment, which is why I actually kept this down to just me and Donald for the next hour. But Pokemon Sun Moon, November 18th, it is going to be taking place in Alola, which is based on Hawaii. It's going to be done in multiple islands, almost like a Sevi Island setup. Uh, and it looks like there will be some riding back and forth between the islands, the cover... Beasts are Solgaleo and Lunala. Solgaleo is the lion who is in Sun version, and Lunala is the big bat thing in a Pokemon Moon version. We got uh, Rowlet, Litten, and Poplio as the starters. No grid, full 3D movement, and uh, the main version difference so far is that Pokemon Moon is 12 hours ahead. So let's piece this apart just a little bit. How do you think they're going to handle the traversal in Alola, considering it is multiple different islands? Uh, you're probably, between the riding where they've shown you going on Sharpedo, who you know, can blaze through the water and everything else. You're, you're probably going to, you're going to basically beat the crap out of the first Island, go all over the place. And then you'll get the, you'll hop on something and ride it to the next one. I don't think they want to 
do the thing where you're riding through water where it's just on a random surfing Pokemon that early in the game that you'd want to run through a full island with it. Right. If I remember in one of the trailers, they were showing a Sharpedo, I think it was, riding from somewhere to somewhere but in the water, which makes me wonder if it won't be like Ruby and Sapphire where there's water routes and you're stopping every five seconds, but instead if it's like a riding Pokemon segment and it's almost like a uh, in, an interactive cutscene like a lot of the riding Pokemon stuff was last time around, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And then Solgaleo and Lunala, and then the 12-hour difference for Moon. We were saying this on a past episode of Nintendo News Report, which is on Nintendo World Report TV. We mentioned that the 12-hour difference for Moon is good because, uh, thinking back to Animal Crossing New Leaf, when there were so many people who were like, I really want to play Animal Crossing, but because I go to work and because of all this stuff and because like my time from 9 to 8 p.m. is completely locked up in family and work commitments and stuff, Pokemon Moon means you get to come home from work and then it's the morning in your game, which I think is a very smart move. But I also think it's going to mean that Moon is going to be significantly less popular, Donald. Um, I think that's why a lot so far it seems like the the Pokemon the Moon ones seem to be getting more love. It's just that you have that oddity of the games being offset from each other. Uh, absolutely. And then also, I would like to mention the contest. <coughs> send a send an email to contest at nintendoworldreport.com with the keyword Team Valor to win. We got all kinds of prizes uh, provided by yours truly, Carmine Red. And then also, I just want to give a shout out to how much uh, is how much we've earned so far. Three thousand five hundred fifty five dollars still with three. It's actually four hundred forty five dollars to go. We have shenanigans, which is going to be with a lot of various people. It's it's normally uh, composed of veterans of Nintendo World Report podcast, though don't take my word for it. I would say after uh, this year's Pokemon segment, it might be the second most important segment to look out for. So I seriously think uh, it's getting us up there to $4,000. You'll help the kids and you will get an excellent piece of podcasting as a result. And uh, what, what else do we have here? We have, uh, what, what are you saying, Donald? Yeah, just looking at looking at the the just the time difference. It's not really going to affect how I do it because I'm going to end up with both of them anyway. But I think Sun just I, I have the ability to play Sun at normal hours, so I'll probably just do that. Honestly, yeah. yeah. So you are going to be going for the uh, the what's it called? You're, you're going to be taking the lesser route. Uh, well. I'm probably. I think Sun is going to be my sort of. That's going to be my keeper game, and or is going to be the one I have digitally, and that's probably the one I'll play more often. Like restarting it for new Pokemon and stuff like that, and just Moon will be sort of like the permanent file, the one I play once and never again. <laughs> sure. There's no grid, full 3D movement this time. The difference with X and Y was that it was technically, I think, on like a 16-point grid or something. It was like it changed between an 8-point grid and a 16-point grid, I think, depending on movement. And then sometimes there was free movement. But this time, uh, I am under the impression that Pokemon Sun and Moon are full 3D JRPGs. And I think the reason why Pokemon was able to make Sun and Moon 3D JRPGs completely this time is that there is no 3D on the 3DS. 
and Pokemon yeah. Sun and Moon for the second yeah. hour. Yeah, we had some previews come out this week. Sadly, we weren't able to get to any of those ourselves. But from what it seemed like, there's one place where 3D is used. But other than that, it stays off just to conserve conserve power because these are huge games. Right, and we will be talking about that part in a little bit. Lastly, Donald, we got our three starters, Rowlet, Litton, and Poplio. Rowlet is, of course, the owl. We got Litton, who is the fire cat. And then we got Poplio, who's the clown... A sea otter type one who uh, initially I thought it was that Rowlet was getting a lot of love and Poplio was getting a lot of hate, but I almost feel like that's reversed a little bit since when these games were initially revealed. Yeah, I think most of the hate that was aimed at uh, at Poplio initially um, kind of went away when they reveal when well we'll probably talk about the evolutions here at some point but when the second forms were revealed Brion seemed to start getting all the heat yeah yeah and then also I think when Jeff Gersman sort of came out and he was like yeah Poplio was actually the best one part of me wonders if public opinion started to change after that but that <laughs> that could also be uh, just me yeah, I was on Team Poplio before it was cool. <laughs> I am on uh, Team Litten, of course. I, I think the Firecat's crazy. You know, you know how crazy it is that I even like Litten is because I'm traditionally a dog person. So normally I'm uh, I'm not anti-cat. I love all animals, but the idea of me be joining forces with a cat is very unheard of at the uh, in the Alex Kalafi household. Mm. So having this cool, crazy Firecat. With, I think, the best second evolution, too, of the ones that's been revealed, I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to play with Litten, which is also the best name out of any of the three starters. Yeah, but I think, as GX points out in the chat room, the, the Poplio fans, we, we fed off the hate and it just made us stronger. <laughs> uh, no one we cheer fan is uh, Team Rowlet. Tyrion says, I always pick the fire starter, so Litten is all the way. Don says, hashtag Team Rowlet. Uh, we, we, we got uh, much passion. But I will say, overall, this is a very good starter lineup for the new Pokemon games. It's I, I'm super disappointed for Diamond and Pearl, and I was also very disappointed with the X and Y starters. And I think the 7th Gen starters might be the best yet, at least in a very long time. Uh, Anyways, moving on to our second topic, which this transitions very well into. We're talking about the Pokemon themselves. Now, I retweeted something from Cerebi Joe yesterday. Let's see if I can pull it up. He said... At the moment, as of the last reveal where Alolan Muck and Grimer and stuff was revealed, at the moment, Cerebi says, 53 Pokemon officially revealed, 12 Alola forms revealed, and 56 Pokemon revealed, counting the Ultra Beasts, which we'll talk about in a bit, which already, a month before release, makes this by far the most Pokemon that have been revealed so far. Is that concerning to you, Donald? I'm I'm taking it as a sign of there's going to be a whole there's going to be more surprises I think than we're expecting. I think we're probably going to end up with a similar proportion as to what got revealed in sixth gen, especially where it was like 42 out of the 70 new Pokemon plus a bunch of the new Megas. But we're pro- but since the when they they do the odd number of generations, they tend to introduce more Pokemon that. 
I take that as the ones we've got revealed, plus if there's any more trailers or the live stream coming up in a week and a half, those will probably be the, the Pokemon that we'll see, but we'll probably end up with about 100 new ones plus about 20, 30 new forms. Yeah, for reference, uh, this also comes from Cerebi. Generation 3, Ruby and Sapphire, they revealed 37 of 135 new Pokemon. Diamond and Pearl revealed 30 of 107. Generation 5, that's black and white, revealed 52 out of 156 Pokemon, which is still one Pokemon less than Sun and Moon up until this point. And then Generation 6, which was X and Y, 42 Pokemon out of 72, which is proportionally the highest uh, percentage we've seen revealed so far. It's, it's a little concerning to me. I think there are going to be more than 72 Pokemon, but I'm also getting kind of concerned because if I remember correctly, the second starter evolutions were not revealed uh, before launch, nor was the dragon, the uh, what's it called? The pseudo legendary dragon. Now, I could be incorrect by this, but I don't remember those getting revealed so soon. Uh, I, I I don't know if you remember either. It's who, who were the ones last time? Because the second generations, they're always the hardest to remember. Uh, Quill, uh, Quilladin, and Frogadier. I don't think those were revealed at all before launch, but I could be wrong. Anyways, yeah. it's it's just it's it's a bothersome. So you think this is going to be one of the larger Pokédex following series uh, trend? Yeah, I, I think it's more it, – it'll be closer to – I think in terms of, like I said, com- new Pokemon plus Alolan forms, we'll probably end up with about a Ruby and Sapphire number of different Pokemon to play with. Which was about 130. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this then. What is your favorite Pokemon of the ones we've seen so far? Uh, looking at looking at the – just re-looking at the list here uh, – I think the right now it's uh, like the sun form of lichen rock, which is why I want to keep playing with that, especially especially with that priority rock move that he's packing, and Mudsdale because this makes lets us make pocket card jockey jokes. <laughs> so, lichen rock is the one that basically has a split evolution, so that there's two versions. There's a sun one, and then there's a moon one, which looks like it has weird rocks on it, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the other one, that's the horse that looks really weird. The gigantic Clydesdale horse. Yeah. There's a lot of weird Pokemon this time around, which which I think is cool because a lot of my favorite Pokemon from the recent generations have been the weirder looking ones. Like in Gen 5, even though a lot of people hate them, Sock might be one of my favorite designs and names a Pokemon from that generation just because of how not like a Pokemon it looks. And then this time around, two of my favorites are Mimikyu, which is uh, one of everyone's favorite, which is the ghost fairy that looks like Pikachu, but with uh, a depressed sort of blanket over its head that kind of looks like a Pikachu with a children's crayon scribbled on it. But my total favorite, the one that I'm like... I need to have this on my team, and this will probably be the start of my team outside of the starter, is Beware, which is the normal fighting type, the big-ass teddy bear, who in its uh, in its website description basically says that its hugs are way too powerful, and they need to be trained to show less brutal affection. 
And I, I just think Beware might be one of the finest designs of yeah. the ones we've seen so far. But I would also say we have some very strong designs this time around. Yeah. Looking at the, the, the Dragon family, and I'm – I mean, Sil Valley is getting some hate because of its weird look. But it's basically it, – it's going to – I'm probably going to end up using – I might end up using more than one of them, honestly, just if I can get a hold of them, just because of the ability to change types that it has. Right. Absolutely. There are also some poor Pokemon this time around. Well, I'm, I need to remember the name of this one, but do you remember the name of the one that's a Caterpillar, but also a bus? Uh, that would be, I got the list up here, Chargebug. Chargebug. That might be one of the worst designed Pokemons I've ever seen. Hmm. I, I don't know. Is is does it inspire any hate in you whatsoever, Donald? Probably not, knowing you. No, it's it it's a means to an end, and the end is Vicavolt, which looks pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, people remember Flygon. They don't necessarily remember Vibrava. Yeah. They also revealed what will probably be the legendary trio slash quadrio slash quintrio uh, such and such Tapu Koko. It's uh, one of the island guardians because there's multiple uh, guardians. Tapu Koko is the guardian of Melee Melee. And it's weird because it's one of the only Pokemon names I've ever seen that is actually two words, if not the first one in this generation. And what's weird to me about this one is that they don't really describe it as a legendary Pokemon. So I wonder if it's actually going to be one. Yeah, it might be um, a minor legend on the order of your your gerbils or your birds from previous generations or the genies, but yeah, it's probably there because I mean because this time where there's four islands and four guardians, they're probably gonna have to play a pretty big role in the story. Uh, Doug says, "Mr. Mime, two words." I would say Mr. is an honorific in that case, and not necessarily a different word, but that's beside the point. And then Nut in the chat says. Then you got type null, which I, uh, <laughs> I I totally identify with because type null is a fucking weirdo. Type null is this mishmash. It's kind of like uh, illegal Arceus, 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 Arceus. It's kind of Arceus. Um, it seems like a legal version of that. And type null is definitely the weirdest name in a Pokemon because it looks like when you saw it on the trailer that the press people for Pokemon just forgot to put a name there. And there was some like weird HTML error that just said type null on it. But that's the actual uh, type of Pokemon in the game. I think it's the, uh, it's a man-made Pokemon and it evolves, which into, it has a very clever name. It's evolution. Sil Valley, which is obviously short for Silicon Valley, which I think is, uh, is a very cute name for a 7th gen Pokemon and a Pokemon game released in 2016. But but I would say Type Null might be one of the weirdest ones so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it almost makes the uh the crab with boxing gloves on seem normal. Yeah, they've revealed so many Pokemon so far and they've done it in such quick hits that when I was re-looking at the list, there were a lot of Pokemon that I forgot were actually revealed, and I was like, oh yeah, they did reveal a weird Hajime Ippo crab boxer. Uh, but they also revealed these things called Alolan Pokemon. 
And let me tell you about Alolan Pokemon. Alolan Pokemon are these new Pokemon uh, that have been kind of the replacement to Mega Evolution. Now, if if you catch a, a Meowth in the game, it's still called Meowth, but it looks different from the Meowth you've seen in Kanto, because this Meowth is Dark-type. And then you have Muck and Grimer, which are these weird rainbow Muck and Grimers, which have crystals all over its body that look like teeth and are now Poison and Dark-type. It's basically regional differences, the same way you have regional differences with animals. These are regional differences with Pokemon. And it feels like a way to address Pokemon that you want to make more competitive, but don't want to necessarily make them overpowered, as became the case with Mega Evolves. Yeah, and it seems and it seems like a good way to retrofit some older Pokemon with with some of the types that maybe weren't around in previous games or weren't as common. Like we've got, I think four or five different new dark types. We've got a couple of fairies. We've got a couple. Of, we've got Executor going dragon and also twenty five feet tall. <laughs> yeah, Nut uh, did specify that yes, they are not considered new Pokemon. They're just new forms, so they're just alternative. So if you catch a Meowth, it's still just says Meowth on it. If you catch an Alolan Raichu, it still just says Raichu on it. But I also think this is a replacement for Mega Evolutions because Mega Evolutions are coming back to this game, but no new Mega Evolutions have been revealed. They're all banned from the World Championships 2017, and also Kangaskhan has been nerfed as uh, she needs to be. They they nerfed Kangaskhan in one way. They probably should. I'm just worried that his you know power up punch will suddenly turn into a swords dance again, just with 25% less damage. Yeah, absolutely. Now I would say. Alolan Executor is my favorite so far of these, followed closely by Alolan Raichu, who's electric and psychic type, and then rides on its tail like a surfboard, like static shock. Yeah, I'm 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 down with Alolan Marowak because it's cool that it's finally getting a ghost type. And Alolan Muck is fabulous. <laughs> Alolan Muck is crazy. It doesn't look poison and dark type. It's a rainbow colored dark type. But also, Muck looks like shit in its Kanto form, at least by 2016 Pokemon standards. And I think making him a little rainbow colored is a little funky in a really positive way. Uh, Tyrion 3 concurs. He says, I love Alolan Muck. And uh, re- reading Rainbow Muck uh, by uh, Don. Yeah, I-, I think this is a great addition. I think it's also planked to nostalgia on the 20th anniversary. Because if I remember correctly, Donald, the whole premise of this game's story is that you're moving from Kanto to Alola. Yep. Is, is, which, is, which makes sense because all the Alolan forms we've seen so far are Kanto Pokemon which means this is probably their way at playing to that nostalgia. Now, let me ask you something, Donald. I wasn't going to save this until later, but because we're talking about nostalgia, do you think there's any possibility that the Alolan region is not necessarily too big, like Silver and Gold, but also like Silver and Gold, after you beat Pokemon Sun and Moon, you get access to... Uh, Kanto, where you will again fight Red at the peak of Mount Silver, now a middle-aged man. Um, I'm 
If I was to guess, I would say we're more likely to go back to a compressed version of Kalos than we are to go to Kanto, unfortunately. Do you think we would get uh, Kalos? Yeah. What makes you say that? Only because it's already built? Exactly. Yeah. Path of least resistance for for Game Freak at that point. GX Semi concurs with you, Donald. He asks, do you really think they'll build a Kanto in 3D? I think you make a good point, Donald, that... uh, It'll be a lot of work. On the other hand, if there's any new generation game that's going to go back to Kanto and they don't want to make a full remake, the 20th anniversary sure is a great year for it. Yeah, that's that's true. But I it's just it's hard. It's so gold and silver kind of prove that balancing two continents in one game, especially if they're going to have the full treatment, is extremely difficult. Not also makes the good point that, well, they would have to redo Kalos since they have to match the proportions of Sun and Moon characters, which is true. You will likely have to do some semi-significant rebuilding regardless of which generation it is. However, it is now time to uh, check in Team Valor once again to contests at NintendoWorldReport.com to win. We are 88% of the way there, $3,555.00. Of $4,000, all we need is $445 left, and then you will unlock uh, Midnight's Shenanigan segment, which is one of the funnest and funniest segments of the entire day, if past telethons are anything to go by. Also, once again, you are helping the children, and if anyone deserves it, it is certainly the kids. Uh, And we talked about Mega Evolutions. Let's also talk about Ultra Beasts very quickly. They look weird. They aren't listed on the site as Pokemon. They look almost like boss fights based on how big they are and like the sleekness they have. And in the description of UB01, which these Ultra Beasts have names like UB01, which is a jellyfish, UB02, which is the strong man who inflates his muscles, and UB03 who is the uh, the ladylike one, who I think is the weirdest-looking one of all. For the description of UB-01, the jellyfish one, it says movements resemble those of a little girl, which has led to speculation that certain characters that we see in Sun and Moon's story will ultimately be uh, those turning into the Ultra Beasts. That would be very interesting for a Pokemon game, especially since there really there's really only been one... Pokemon game that has had there's only been really two times in Pokemon where they've done Pokemon you couldn't explicitly catch immediately the Ghost Marowak and Kyrum in the first time you see it in Black Two White Two so I'm wondering I, I think they may be going in a little bit more on that especially since they're do, some of the structural changes that they seem to be making we'll talk about in a bit that they're throwing a lot of conventions out the window, including boss fights that are not necessarily catchable Pokemon. Yes, in about uh, five to seven minutes, we will certainly be talking about that. I also want to talk about new features very quickly. Uh, there are there is uh, this is the next section: new features. Pokefinder, which is a small take on Pokemon Snap, and it is the one part in the game in which there's actually 3D. You, there are set spots in the world. I bet there's going to be little bubbles where you go up to them. They were talking about this a little bit 
in the previews, but you approach set spots in the world. The game switches to first person, and you can turn on the 3D for these one parts. Pokemon will sort of potter about all around you, and you can take a few pictures. You can choose a favorite. You can uh, present it to this in-game social network that will judge your work, and then you can also unlock more uh, abilities like the ability to zoom in, which makes me think this camera is going to be uh, very limited at first. It's cool that they're introducing Pokemon Snap, though. Uh, yeah. To a new audience. Although, I mean, they had, I mean, they did some photography stuff in X and Y. Like, you could take your picture at various spots and upload them through the global link. But this is sort of bringing, if you're, if they're going to play up the Generation 1 nostalgia, Snap gets a lot of love for some unknown reason. And it, you know, good, good way to play on the, to give it callbacks to that, to that game as well. Yeah. Pokemon Snap is, I think, you, you know, you remember in like the N64 PlayStation Dreamcast day where there were all these super popular games that were only 90 minutes long and then everyone loved the shit out of them for the rest of time. Yeah. This is Nintendo's game in that uh, weird uh, mega genre, uh, which, which is I was, I've been playing Res lately. So like I've been I was just thinking like Pokemon Snap is a lot like Res in a weird way that it's a beloved 90 minute game, which is something that we haven't really seen uh, in 10, 15 years, at least at least on the scale of like a game that's fully priced and 90 minutes but is also beloved for the rest of time. I don't think that would fly as much nowadays. The closest thing I could think of is Metal Gear Rising, which is like four or five hours. Anyways, Pokemon Centers have cafes in them now, which is just you can order coffee. It's kind of like an Animal Crossing type thing. The battle system is getting upgrades. Trainers stand behind you. Uh, the uh, It'll also say attacks will also say whether they're going to be effective or super effective. And aesthetically, we see the trainers behind you, and they get to point their fingers like they're in the anime, which I think is pretty sick. I, I Hashtag think anime is happening. This game is anime as hell, which we'll be talking about in just a couple minutes. But first, the other feature I want to talk about is Pokemon Refresh, which is this generation's take on Pokemon and me. Except this time, instead of its one practical feature being able to evolve Eevee into Sylveon, this time around... You can do things like pet feed and prod your Pokemon, but you can also use various tools that have benefits. Like, uh, for instance, if you're poisoned or paralyzed after the battle, that can be healed for free using the right tool, although it just takes a little bit of time. Uh, and then uh, there is, and then this will be useful mid-gym. I'm getting the vibe through these new features and then everything we're hearing about the, these games this, these will probably be the most helpful Pokemon games to newcomers we've ever had. But also, I get the vibe that these are going to be the easiest Pokemon games we've ever had. Fall, which is, which is interesting because we're right off the tail of the two easiest Pokemon games of all time, X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, I mean... I mean... Those games gave you, I mean, you got, with X and Y, you had all sorts of opportunities to train up. And then Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire handed out legendaries like candy mm. under under the right circumstances. So, I mean, these ones, they're, they're sort of the, how can I put this? The, God, what was lost my train of thought there. You, you can do it, Donald. I believe in you. Yeah, the, 
like the a lot of the like the bonus Pokemon that they're giving away this time. It's not like a speed boost Torchic or a a Beldum that comes with a Mega Stone on top of getting having easy access to a an extra legendary. You get a Munchlax, which right. is pretty weak even if it comes with a Z Crystal, but you can only use that once per fight anyway. Zup also suggests the possibility of a challenge mode like Black 2 and White 2 had, how it had a hard mode unlocked after the end of the game. And I think that's actually a great idea because we're in this new era of Pokemon where we got the EXP share. And once EX, the uh, EXP share gate got unlocked, I don't think the EXP share is ever going to go back in the cage. I think for the rest of time, you will very quickly get an item that will allow all of your party members to get half XP. However, I also think having a difficult mode that has difficulty, still not that hard, but more in line with classic Pokemon games, maybe makes EXP share a little uh, impossible to get, if not just given out at the end of the game instead of the beginning. I think a lot of us uh, Pokemon fans would be happier. Because I I go on a lot of message boards for Pokemon just, just to keep up, see what people are saying. And then, like, 4chan's VP board, everyone is pissed at the EXP share for the most part. Like, like, it seems like the kind of thing that is great for lapsed Pokemon players and new Pokemon players, but a lot of Pokemon players who do, like, try to immerse themselves in the JRPG aspect, it feels like we've been left in the dust just a tiny bit. I mean, you, I mean it's simple enough, just go turn it off, but... I mean, there's people like Zup who like to have a new team for each gym, so they love. So the XP share works for them, and I used I used a lot of Pokemon in my last game, and the experience share went a long way toward making that fun and not making it that I have to spend 50 hours. Yeah, Tyrion three. Well, okay, GX says I'm happy about anything that makes the worst Pokemon fans upset. Ah. Uh, and then Tyrion 3 says it's an optional instrument. If you don't like it, just don't use it. Well, as an immersed Pokemon fan, the idea of getting an easy mode in your bag and then just not turning it on to create an artificial sense of difficulty, that breaks the immersion by itself. But this is so not a debate we have time for. But I just figured I would just bring it up very quickly. Now... Moving on to game structure, the funnest part of the conversation in my mind. We're talking about the game structure and flow, a.k.a. the gym leader discussion. The story sounds like it's going total anime this time around. Uh, and, like, for instance, in the traditional starter picking scene on uh, Melee Melee, you don't just get simply get handed the Pokeball of your choice this time. After you choose your Pokemon, there's this weird short cutscene that the Pokemon has to accept you, almost like Pikachu in the first episode of the anime. Now, this feels completely unnecessary, but that's also what's kind of great about this, is that it's adding all of these touches to emulate the best parts of the Pokemon anime. Because for as much as people may uh, be critical of the Pokemon anime, and and I also haven't watched it in a very long time, I think the anime is one of the best things that's ever happened to Pokemon for the sake of world building. And I think taking at least a few cues from that is a very positive thing. Yeah, it helps to flesh out the world and make it so that it's just not the you know it does get rote after after a while doing the same old same old like we've had twenty years of this so chance to change it up always appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. 
there are going to be lots of cutscenes this time around, it sounds like, which uh, makes me wonder if they're going to be taking cues from the recently released Yokai Watch. That was the vibe I was actually getting with the fact that they're doubling down on all these modes and the fact that they're getting technically more aggressive, which is one of the strengths of Yokai Watch. Do you think there's a possibility that Yokai Watch is actually giving a couple cues to Pokemon Sun and Moon this time around? It it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we've got the Rotom Pokedex, which is basically Whisper, and and it would make sense to adopt some of the good things that Yokai Watch is doing. It's not like we're going to go to Springdale at the end of the game and catch Yokai <laughs> for the rest of us, as was suggested in the chat room. Wouldn't that be sick if uh, we actually did get a crossover Yokai Pokemon game? But the only thing that got uh, carried over from Yokai were the characters, and then the rest of the game was Pokemon because Pokemon is a much better game. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then the other thing I want to talk about is the Rite of Island Challenge. In this, the player travels across the Alola region in order to pass this challenge. There are multiple layers. You get the Island Challenge Trial, which are small quests set off by various quote-unquote trial captains at each of the islands. They aren't about battling Pokemon, but require you to find items or complete knowledge tests, which sound a lot like the old gyms in these games, how there will be weird alternative tests to actually reach the gym leader. For example, one of them, Mallow, requests that you find four specific items, while Kiawe asks you to find the difference between two things. So you you uh, do these activities with the four trial captains. And then at the end of the trial, you come across a totem Pokemon, which are more powerful, much bigger versions of various Pokemon, and they are much larger than other of the species. For instance, uh, there's also going to be Gum like Gumshoe's one of the Pokemon will be the Trial Totem Pokemon in Sun, and the Lolan Raticate will be the one in Moon in uh, Verdant Cave, and then uh, it's going to be Lurantis in Lush Jungle. But it's going to be much bigger Pokemon, and they will often summon ally Pokemon to take you on. So it'll be like a four on one, or a three on one, or a two on one. But after you beat these you will gain access to face the Grand Trial. The Grand Trial will have you battle against the Kahuna of the island. Now, if you defeat that Kahuna, who basically seem like a gym leader-esque figure, if not an elite four-esque figure, then you will be recognized as having cleared the trials and be allowed to continue for the next island for the trials. Donald, do you think there's going to be gyms in this game, or do you think these are the gyms? Um... This, I think it's going to be the gyms are a post-game thing. Because I think, I, th- I seem to recall there was a leak that implied you would actually set up the gyms in the po- either after the events of the main story were over or altogether in the post-game. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, they showed off an island, I mean, they showed off one of the island trial, one of the island leaders in the trailer that came out yesterday as we're recording this. So they, we know those are, you know, we have more of those now. And I, I think, that, I think somebody took a picture of the save screen that comes up when you boot the game and it didn't have a setting for badges. So even when you have, even in every previous game, when you've had no badges, it just said badges zero. This game, there's not even a mention of it at all. That's interesting. Zup's uh, mentioning that Pokemon is bringing back boss battles for the first time since Ghost to Marowak and Red, Blue, Yellow. Well, there, like I said, there was also, I think, uh, the one of the forms of Kiram in Black 2 and White 2. 
Right. Okay. So there's that too. And then in GX uh, added on, Pokemon is bringing back boss battles for the first time since Yokai Watch did them, which I would actually argue is the purpose of the Ultra Beasts this time around. Now, let me uh, go back to what you were saying. I think this is what we're going to have instead of gyms. However, this goes back to another point of mine I made, which let's say there are – is it there's four main islands or there's five? Uh, there's four. There's four, which means if each of these islands only has one, that's four islands. There's going to be a lot of story, and I bet this is still going to be like a 10-hour game. But also, these islands look kind of small, and then if this is what we have instead of badges, there's a part of me that's like, okay, you're going to do these, and then you're going to get to the Elite Four after about 10 hours. But that still doesn't feel like enough game, uh, given yeah. all these situations. Because it feels like it's – do you remember uh, the post-game of Pokemon Platinum, how it was like that one island with like four locations? Yeah, you had you had like – you had two, one, two, three. Like seven routes, a couple of post-game legendary areas. That's where the Battle Frontier was. So that it, it was a nice, it was enough post-game for me. That's why I like. That's why I think Platinum's still one of my favorite games. But I honestly don't. I don't think we're talking about a ten-hour game here because even at best, like my best time for doing X and Y when I was doing it single single time runs only was about twenty-five hours. So I think that's that's probably about what we're looking at for a single for if you're speed running trying trying to speed run the game. I agree, except I still disagree with you not thinking there will be Kanto or at least not Kanto because it feels like there's almost a Johto amount of content in the game because I think Johto might be uh, one of the smallest regions we've had so far. At the very least, it's one of the most linear regions. And this seems like a similar kind of deal where even though it's multiple islands and feels less linear, I think it's ultimately going to be pretty linear. And I bet you're going to go through the trials. Uh, you're going to pass your Elite Four gate. You're going to beat the Elite Four. You're going to beat the champion. And then you're going to be like, okay, this was pretty good. And then you're going to go to Kanto. I how, wanna, Yeah, go ahead. How many trials are on each island, though? Okay. I think there's only going to be one grand trial per yeah. island. I think there's only going to be one Kahuna Maybe there will only be one trial, but I also think there will not be too many extras unless they want to drag as much as they can out of these games. Because, okay, Serebii said there's going to be over four trial captains that set you out on these quests, which, which suggests that there are going to be multiple per at least some of the islands, if not all of them, uh, which, which lends some credence to your theory. But I also think the size of this region, combined with the fact that it's the Pokemon series' 20th anniversary, combined with the fact that it seems like there are only going to be four Grand Trials, I bet we're going to have some region we're going to. Even if it's not an old one, it could be like the Sevi Islands or something like that. I just think we have more coming our way. Someone suggested in the chat that... uh it would be, geez, what was I going to say? And and you pointed out, well, Cerebus points out that in, jo in Gold and Silver and Heart Gold and Soul Silver, you can do, after you get the third badge, you can do the next four badges in any order you want. Right, that's so, what I was going to mention. Yep. So you're, it's not as, Gold and Silver aren't as linear as we think. It's just, 
the it's just there's not a whole lot in between those badges. Yeah. So you you think that they're going to find a way to squeeze content out of uh, these islands without adding a new region? I I think you I think seven or eight hours per island is going to be a quick pace for that game. Mm-hmm. So you you think they're going to stretch out the story part of this game, and that's what's going to make a complete game? Yeah. Okay, that's fair, Donald. That is fair. It is 5.45. We have just enough time to talk about everything. I'm actually surprised. We're moving through this flawlessly. Uh, And lastly, we are on our miscellaneous section, which I have four things I want to talk about, which I think we can do in the next 10 minutes. Let's give a look at that chat. Uh, How much money have we raised? 3,000. Huh? We haven't. Unfortunately, we haven't changed. Still at 35.55. 35.55. Team Valor at uh, NintendoWorldReport.com or contest at, at NintendoWorldReport.com to win that contest. Uh, $3,555. It's for the kids. Uh, if you haven't donated yet, please consider it. Uh, keep this going. Let's let's get to shenanigans. I think we can do it. In fact, I know we can do it, Donald. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, team Skull, we should also bring up. That's the team in this game. And then it's led by someone named Guzma. And it, it's they seem like these punks this time around. And it's led by someone named Team Guzma, who looks like he was going to become a trial captain, but like failed the exam in some way. So yeah. he's almost like a failed trial captain who's leading this punk organization. He, he's, he's raging against the machine of this game. <laughs> I love his posture. He looks like such a piece of shit. <laughs> and then there's also like a good organization this time around, which makes it seem like there's going to be a uh, Team Magma and Team Aqua dynamic, except there's going to be one consistent villain team between the two games. But the last four things I want to talk about. There is no 3D once again, only in Pokefinder. It's absent in the rest of the game. This bothers me kind of, although I was thinking that there would be no way that they could actually make a better-looking 7th generation unless they took the 3D out because Pokemon X and Y chugs because of the 3D feature. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, any, ask anyone who's ever been in a horde battle on Route 20 in X and Y with Trevenants. Oh, God, that is <laughs> painfully slow. And I don't even think you can keep the 3D on for that. They don't even no. let you do it for the hordes. No, I wonder if the hordes are even coming back, honestly, or is that over and done with? I, although I suppose the fact that you can have handicap matches in this game is basically hordes. Right. Yeah. In, in Pokemon X and Y, it felt like there was 3D in maybe 60 to 70% of the game. In Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, I think they dropped that to basically 20 or 30% of the game. Like, it was just battles and, like, a bunch of weird select situations. It felt arbitrary, which seems they they decided to keep 3D in. And then it was also super crappy uh, playing the original X and Y in 3D because the light would keep shimmering on and off depending on which part of the game you were at. Yeah. And and Zub points out, hordes are definitely in for EV training, but there's so many options for EV training in this game. They, I wonder if there's a way to delineate between, or if they're just eliminating that, just saying, hey, you know what, go do super training, go play this mini game, go play this mini game, and that's how you train your guys instead of you know going out and forcing horde battles all the time. Yeah, it's that that is correct. Uh, 
Next up, I want to talk about the demo, and the timing of the segment is absolutely perfect. Although, if we did the telethon four days later, or better yet, if the demo moved itself four days up sooner, we would actually be able to talk about it for the segment. But the timing of this is still pretty good, because in three days, on October 18th, the demo for Pokemon Sun and Moon is going to be popping up on the eShop. And one of the members of your team will be Ash Greninja from the anime, if... You beat the demo, you will be able to carry Ash Greninja over into the final game, which is awesome. Yeah, although I I know my roommate was like pre-order canceled, flipped a magazine rack the whole nine yards when he saw it, when he saw that. I'm gonna be very interested in seeing what he uh, what he thinks of the what he thinks of it when the demo actually comes out. Yeah, if I remember correctly, and I think I do. When the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire demo came out, it was notoriously short. I think it was like four battles and some story, and the whole thing was done in under 20 minutes. I but, would not be surprised if this was the yeah, same way. The only problem is they put all of the data of the game in that demo, so it was data mined within 24 hours, and we knew everything new coming in. <laughs> Do you think we're going to know all of the Pokemon in the game after the Sun and Moon one comes out. I would. I am about ninety-eight percent sure that that's going to happen, especially considering the size of the demo is about a. Te- it's about a tenth the size of the final game, but that's still pretty. It's still enough that they can store all that information in there. But after Pokemon X and Y, especially Pokemon X and Y when all of that content leaked weeks in advance and we knew basically every single Pokemon that was out there, don't you think they're going to try to be extra gun-shy with the new generation? They might be, but it, it may just be it's easier to cut a portion to leave the data in there just from having a portion of the game. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I wouldn't be surprised if we at least knew how many Pokemon were going to be in the Pokedex, if not what all the new Pokemon were. Like, like that seems something that's very likely. Uh, but yeah, October 18th, it will be coming. I'm very excited to see what this game looks like on my 3DS. I am very excited to see how the battles flow. I'm very excited to see if they make the game way sharper, because what I've noticed is that a lot of the... Uh, the games that do feature 3D kind of look like crap when 3D mode's turned off. Like, all the colors look washed out, and uh, Pokemon X and Y was especially guilty of this. So I, I'm very interested to see how the game ultimately looks and feels. But I'm excited. I, I think I think releasing a demo for this game exactly a month before it comes out on November 18th is exactly what they need to do to remind, I would say maybe 20% extra people that this game is coming out. Like people like us, we know, we know and watch every trailer that comes out, but I think the demo is super good on Nintendo's part because it reminds a lot of the people like site director, Neil Ronahan, for instance, who are interested in the game and know enough about the game because he's the director of a website, but also is enough of a passive Pokemon fan that a demo reminder like this might actually be what, what would sell him or someone like him on the game. Uh, yeah. yeah, especially when they start pushing it to every spot pass enabled 3DS that's out there. Yeah. 
Uh, three more things. One, Zygarde is coming to Pokemon Sun and Moon, which makes me think Pokemon Z. We uh, we might be a little too late for that one, Donald. Yeah. Uh, but we also have the matter of the Nintendo X, the NX. Do you think we're going to get uh, the third version of this game on the NX, Donald? I I'm not even sure that they're going to use the new 3DS, let alone the NX. Really? I. Th- I think at this point the ser- they're they're so committed to the 3DS, especially if you know depending on how much of a console thing this is as opposed to being a handheld replacement. I don't. I honestly can't. I think this generation is going to play out on the 3DS probably next year, and then we'll see Gen 8 two years down the line from that. So 2019. But if NX is the unified console you think gen x uh gen 8 or a uh, remake of some kind will be the first game we see on nx i think gen 8 will be gen 8 will be the first thing okay i agree with that if if only because of the uh if only because you know pokemon company does that sort of thing they put black and white out on the on the ds when we knew the 3ds was six months out yeah unless it has unless the nx has some crazy os which will port over whatever pokemon's engine is flawlessly considering it seems like they get a new engine every single generation i i think it would be uh a fool's errand to think they're going to somehow port pokemon sun and moon to these uh to the new console but I think we are going to see Pokemon game on NX. I think that will be the first console Pokemon game we see. Now, I just want to update you. We are now at $3,605. Thank you to those of you who have donated, all 62 of you. Thank you for everyone listening so far. Uh, we couldn't have raised this much without your help. And one one thing we should probably do for the record, we do not currently know what the NX is. We do not currently know what the NX is. <laughs> we do not currently know what the NX, the Nintendo Duo, is called. It's the <laughs> that was uh, that was a joke uh, for a leak the other day. Uh, we do not know what the NX is. That about does it. But I have time to ask you one last question, Donald. How excited are you? for Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. I think the changes that they're making to the base game, this is going to be enough of a difference from from the games that I'm perfectly willing to say that I'm going to be dumping everything I'm doing around November 18th to actually go out and play this. Uh, I don't know if it's going to crack my game of the year, but that's only because, well, my entire most of my game of the year list at this point is pure spite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, stuff like like uh, Metroid, like Metroid Prime Federation Force, but I'm this is going to be a very interest a very interesting November if nothing else, and I really hope this does well because Nintendo is I really hope it does here. well. <laughs> yeah, because I really want, you know, I want this to be I I want this anniversary to go well for Pokémon. Keep mm-hmm. and Honestly, Nintendo is betting their entire bloody fiscal year on it. So if I want the company to keep to have a good year that way, which I kind of would because it means they can do other other games and series that maybe don't sell 20 million copies every time. Pokemon needs to do well for that. Yeah, I am excited for Pokemon Sun and Moon. I'm like I'm still cautiously questioning 
whether it's going to do a lot of the same things I disliked about X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, namely in terms of the difficulty, uh, in terms of the Pokemon designs, which in that, at least in that case doesn't seem to be a problem. And uh, a, f- a few other things. But regardless of how the games turn out compared to other Pokemon games, the release of a Pokemon game is a holiday. It is a week-long holiday. It's basically like E3. It's one of the only times I get as an adult anymore to sit down and just play a game for eight hours straight and still want to play more, but my body is physically giving out. It's one of the last games that I play that I will play until four in the morning and not bat an eyelash. So as far as it being a Pokemon game and it being a new Pokemon game and it being the Pokemon game to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Pokemon, I am extremely excited. And I have high hopes to the changes it's making. I think regardless of whatever problems I have with X and Y and May have with Sun and Moon, depending on how it fixes those issues, I think it is still making a lot of really good changes that will future-proof the game of Pokemon, even if some people like me might get a little cranky about a few things. The changes they're making bring that 20-year-old game into the modern era, and it future-proofs it in a way that I genuinely appreciate. Now, I think that just about covers it. Once again, um, uh, yeah. One one real quick question, since you're the only one I think who's actually watched it. Um, any thoughts on Pokemon Generations? Pokemon Generations. I have seen the first three episodes. I need to see more, but I uh, wholeheartedly recommend Pokemon Generations. They're bite-sized episodes that show parts of the Pokemon canon from a different perspective. So you'll see what was going on in Giovanni's head. Uh, around the time when you challenge the eighth gym in Pokemon Red and Blue, you will see things like what's actually what uh, what it was like for Blue to challenge the Elite Four, which which happened right before uh, Red challenged the Elite Four. Basically, the main antagonist. You'll see what happened off screen at a lot of famous events in Pokemon. And the one thing I'm hoping for is that Pokemon Generations eventually covers the fight against Red on Mount Silver from beginning to end, even if it's just a five-minute clip from this, because I think these might be canonical or semi-canonical or at least uh, get you canonically imaginative. So I think uh, I fully recommend Pokemon Generations, and also it's better than that time when this studio made those uh, Pokemon Red and Blue anime. You, you remember that Pokemon Red and Blue anime that they made a long time ago where uh, Red captures like all 150 Pokemon or whatever? Yeah, the one that came out, uh, I, think, I think, in February? Yeah, I think this was made by the same people, and I think this is significantly better. But it is 5.59, so that is my cue to end this. I will say once again, we are at $3,605, $4,000 donated. It's for the kids. I'm Alec Kalafi, and I just want to thank you very much for uh, listening. Uh, thank you to Donald Terrio for joining me. Always a pleasure. Yes, and I will be back at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central, for to try and rank the art, Nintendo systems by their RPGs. And again, somebody may attempt to defend the N64 for some ungodly reason. <laughs> Absolutely. All and, right, gentlemen. Uh, yep. And then also, uh, patreon.com slash NWR, support the site, n- watch Nintendo News Report. That's all. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Peace. Got a lot of plugs in there. All right. Yep. Bye, gentlemen. Bye.